Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Dave Rubin got suspended after Jordan Peterson got suspended, and Dave Rubin got suspended on Twitter for tweeting that Jordan Peterson got suspended, we are in the silliest version of the censorship nightmare dystopia. But, I mean, it, it, it is bad that uh, they took this old tweet. I say old, but like a week and a half old. And then this morning, I get in, I get hit up by Dave, and he's like, yo, they suspended me for this. And then I see that actually he was just like, hey, he has a tweet where he's like, Jordan Peterson got suspended. And they said that broke the rules. So Timcast reached out to Twitter for comment, and Twitter said his tweet violated the rules on hateful conduct. Here's where it gets crazier. The tweet was about actor Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, for those that are not familiar. Ellen Page, as a phrase, was trending on Twitter for 45 minutes. BuzzFeed flipped out, reached out to Twitter and said, how could you break your own rules? So Twitter deleted the trend. We are in, you know, it's not quite Fahrenheit 451 or Brave New World, or 1984, it's something much stupider. Hey, but at least we're allowed to talk, talk about it on these shows, so we'll talk about that. And then in the vein of censorship, it's funny, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, remember when they were like, we're taking all of our music off Spotify because Joe Rogan's a bigot. Well, all their music's back on Spotify. Shows how far their convictions went. I'm telling you guys, if you stand up, speak out, speak out for what you believe in, you'll win. These people, they're, they're just just—they're just chasing after money. They take their money offline, or, or, or I'm sorry, they take their music offline because they want cash and they think it's going to benefit them. When it doesn't, they come crawling back. So we'll talk about that. And then speaking of Joe Rogan, he called Joe Biden a dead man in reference to, I, I guess, Joe Biden not being all that functional and Donald Trump running against him in 2024 and winning. So we'll get into all that stuff. we got a ton of news today. A lot of censorship-based stuff, so we'll, we'll talk all about that. Uh, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We're going to have one of those up for you tonight at 11 p.m. You'll be supporting our journalists. And we're, we're actually working behind the scenes on documentaries. We're going to be working on a bunch of new shows that are going to be behind the paywall. The idea is to just start making as much content as possible for everybody who's members and make it really, really worth your while to be a member. And just uh, use the resources we get from our members to do cool stuff, journalism, movies, etc. And uh, maybe one day we'll be as cool as the guys over at The Daily Wire. But for the time being, you can smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us today is Alita Majeka, a.k.a. Legal Bites. Got it right. All right. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm great. Who are you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Well, who who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Um, I am a lawyer. I run the channel Legal Bites on YouTube. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's who I am. All right. So we'll talk about <laughs> the law. We were, we were arguing over Alec Baldwin before the show. Maybe yeah. that'll come up too. Cause I'm like, he did it. And I'm banging on the table. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, we also have Mary Morgan. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm the co-host of Pop Culture Crisis and I'll be shilling for it all night. That's right. Uh, <laughs> because we lost our resident Catholic, Seamus, we just had to pull in Mary. Here I am. There you go. And then we got Ian. <laughs> hey, everyone. Ian Crossland here of uh, TimCast IRL coming at you live. What's up? And what's up? Uh, Lydia's out sick. I don't know if Chris wants to say what's up. Yeah, he is does. This, is this the camera? Yeah. Hi. 
<laughs> Lydia is sick today. Who so are Chris, you? Chris is filling in. Who are you, Chris? I'm Chris. I guess he's Chris. Give That's me more. It. I like yeah. it. He's he's filling in. I want more. <laughs> That's it, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, let's jump to this first story. We have this from the Post Millennial. Breaking. Dave Rubin suspended from Twitter after defending Jordan Peterson. Rubin offered a defense of Jordan Peterson after he was suspended for tweeting about actor Elliot Page using that actor's name prior to Page undergoing gender transition. So uh, I think that's the real issue that got him suspended. So Dave, here, let me just pull up the actual tweet here. So this is a tweet from Jack Posobiec. Uh, Ruben Report has been suspended from Twitter for defending Jordan Peterson. Ruben tweeted on June 29th, the insanity continues at Twitter. Jordan B. Peterson has been suspended for this tweet about Ellen Page. He just told me he will never delete the tweet, paging Elon Musk. That was hateful conduct. That, that tweet. He issued a statement saying, I have been suspended by Twitter for posting a screenshot of Jordan Peterson's tweet, which got him, got he himself suspended. While it is unclear how I broke their terms of service, it is clear that they are breaking their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders by letting a bunch of woke activists run the company. I hope Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter goes through so he can blow up their servers and humanity can move past this pervasive, twisted, self-imposed mental institution. In the meantime, you can find me at rubenreport.locals.com, the platform I created to fight big tech censorship something we need now more than ever. It's truly amazing. I mean, this is the 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 insanity of the world we're living in. But uh, this is where it gets crazy. Let me jump to this uh let me I think I have this tweet here. BuzzFeed News said, "Elliot Page's dead name appeared as a trending topic on Twitter, violating the site's own policy on hateful conduct." In a statement to BuzzFeed News, a Twitter spokesperson said it was a mistake and has since been removed. Okay. That's it. I understand. I think some social networks have the the term that if you reference a tweet or reference a post that had gotten someone banned, that that reference is also bannable offense. And this is to get people to stop people from retweeting hmm. things that had gotten banned because then you're just kind of getting around the ban. But it's reporting just factually on what happened. I think that's, that's true. all that Dave Rubin said. But he said Ellen Page. Which is an, did, you can't even acknowledge Ellen. that Elliot Page used to be known as Ellen Page. No, well, you certainly can, but there are apparently, <laughs> that's apparently so arbitrary. Right, you can. They'll just ban you or suspend this you. This is like the most heavy-handed, nonsensical over administration I've seen from Twitter right. in a long time. Let them do it. The more they do stupid-ish <laughs> like this, the more regular people are going to be like, "What? Yeah, dude, Peterson's off the platform. Jordan Peterson now. Dave Rubin's leaving. Like, I I never used Twitter from 2008 to 2012. 20 because I thought it was insane and redundant. Like, I already have Facebook as my text platform. I like the hashtag system, but it's just old tech. Like, what people, you know, I don't even want to use it anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it is, it is a little scary to see that if, as someone who is just referencing something else happening, someone else getting, getting taken off the platform and talking about it around the context can also be then taken off the platform itself as well. It's that, that is very alarming. I will say that from looking at Dave Rubin's initial tweet about it it did look like i mean you can look at it from maybe i'm just playing devil's advocate here but like you know he did say he did reference her or reference elliot page as ellen page um without any context of like you know like saying that you know the artist formerly known as as ellen page or something like that you know what i mean is that okay though i don't know that? is that allowed i don't know but that's still compelled speech yep. yeah, over the is. weekend i was talking to a five-year-old and i was he was like hey stop calling me dude or man just 
do it once a day and then call me by my name the rest of the time. I was like, well, there's this thing called compelled speech. And he was like, what is that? And you I was tell like, that five year old. Here we go. Okay. In the United States, you can ask people to say whatever, but you can't make them say whatever. We have free speech. Wait, he, he to the, a certain a five-year-old extent. legit said that to you? He asked me to call him by his name and I was like, well, there's this thing called conspelled, compelled speech where you can't make me say things. So I can, I'm allowed to call you what I want to call you. You should have been like, the, mm, for that, I'm calling you dingus. The conversation got derailed before I really was able to like, you know, illustrate the law. conversations with five-year-olds usually are. It's important. Yeah, like, it's important. Okay, dingus, I won't call you dude anymore. There's this like desire even of children to control reality by making people do what they want. Play the game I want it to be played. Call me the name I want to be called. And like you're seeing adults do it now. It's really well, ridiculous. Are they adults? I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head with the hammer. These people are children. I mean, look at, look, there's a subreddit called adulting. You ever see this? <laughs> no. You know what I'm talking about, Mary? Just adults complaining about having to do normal adult yeah, tasks. Yeah. They're like, I had to pay bills today. And they're like, there was one, it's crazy. There was a viral post about adulting and it's like 35 year old millennial dudes being like, Oh, I had to walk my dog today. Ooh, adulting. It's like, okay, dude. But there was one post and it was just like someone doing, it was like, a, it went viral and it was talking about their frustrations with everything wrong with the world. Like, why do we have to live this way? Like, why am I dealing with these things? And it's like, I get it. I get it. You never grew up. You never want to grow up. You have Peter Pan syndrome, whatever it's called. You want to just go off to Never Never Land. You want to hide under the covers. Fine. But stop voting. If you don't want to be in charge, don't be in charge. You're making everything worse. Uh, this goes to the tribal lifestyle, like what we used to have, where like a weak person would would threaten the tribe's existence. If someone was severely overweight or or, or just lazy or drugged out all the time, you you become a risk for the tribe. The tribe's going to deal with you. Well, here's here's the thing you were mentioning. Like like Dave did say Ellen Page. I don't think Dave understands why he wasn't allowed to do that. Mm. I, I think he was just like he sees Jordan Peterson's tweet and he goes, "Whoa, look what he said about Ellen Page." And they're like, "Ah, you got the name wrong." Like, how is the, the the assumption here is that every single person knows about the personal life of Elliot Page. Yeah, I that's mean, crazy. And to be fair, people have known about Ellen Page much longer than they've known about Elliot Page. So, right. I mean, the, you know, someone could he he could very well have made a just a very honest, legitimate mistake to say I I thought I was referring to the right individual. <laughs> I don't I don't think Dave thought twice about it. Yeah, I think Dave was just like I can't believe this happened and just did a quick tweet. And yeah. that's it. It's like, oh, you've offended the woke police. Yeah. The crazy thing about this, though, is how uh, BuzzFeed complained to Twitter and Twitter took a viral trend down. For real? Yeah. That's, so uh, can yeah. I just say my name's not Tim anymore? It's Tom. And then all the Tim Pool trends just have to be deleted. Confusing <laughs> everybody. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? <sighs> Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Technically, I guess you could get it legally changed. That'd be funny. Not even. You should. You should Did Elliot Page legally change their name? Probably. I don't, I don't know. I never you know, I don't make assumptions. Tons of people who change their names just change it. They don't go to the courthouse and get it legally done. Mm. Some people just be like, my new name is, you know, Prince. whatever. Prince. <laughs> or it became a symbol, I guess. Yeah. I heard that was for legal reasons, though. 
I don't know that specifically, but I do remember that. I mean, the reason why they they said the artist formerly known as Prince is because they were like, we need something to be able to sign legal documents. Yeah. You can't just put a symbol down. Like you can't do that. You need to have some kind of a legal name. So that's why they would, they would refer to him as. Is that under the law though? Like you have to have a verbal name? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think also that's also why, um, Elon Musk said that they changed originally what they wanted their son's name to be him and Grimes, yeah, um, like Ash, whatever, whatever it, it, they said they had like, like narrowed Zodia, it. Narr- I think. Yeah. But it's like they, they narrowed, they narrowed it down to Ash or something like that. Oh. But like, so originally he wanted like all kinds of different symbols and things that are not in the English alphabet. And so I guess the U S government was like, you can't do that. What? That's, that's <laughs> so kind of ultimately up, there's going to be a name that you verbally call a child. I mean, so yeah, what was that going to be? There, yeah. There, there has to be, there has to be something it's like and, Ash Archangel, but right? okay. Something Hold like on. that. Does it have to be a like Germanic vernacular? It has to be the English alphabet. It has to be the English. So you could theoretically go like ah wah 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 wah, right? A W W A W A. Ah wah 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 yeah. Good luck saying that. Just if you say it wrong, I'll get you banned. You get one syllable wrong. It's over for you. You are canceled. And then actually, my 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 given name was ah wah 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 wah. Uh, and I've changed it to and so if you get it wrong that's dead naming I mean I, that's I, pretty true I can tell yeah. you as someone with a not very common first oh, name yeah. that <laughs> that um that would be a, a murderous name to grow up with well yeah like I remember I was talking I I, I was mentioning your uh, issue with um it was when when Washington Post came after mm-hmm. you that's so insane <laughs> and I think I said elite elite I have no idea oh that. yeah that's right <laughs> I yeah. should, uh, what am I going to get banned because I couldn't pronounce someone's name? That's of course, so you are officially henceforth banned. What was the WAPO situation? <laughs> uh, that was Taylor Lorenz. Um, how she wrote an article about the, the the supposed influencers that really won from the Deputy Heard trial. So she um, called you radicalized. In one of her subsequent tweets, yeah, she she said she called she said, well, to be fair, she referred generally to radicalized influencers and i don't know if she was referring to me and that umbrella guy or if she was referring to other influencers that were commenting on the whole situation in in the 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 series of 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 errors that were not corrected um or if it was like all of us all together but it's the funny thing all right so here's the 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 gist of the story is you're you're a you do legal commentary yeah you were commenting on the biggest you know, pop culture or mm-hmm. the, one of the biggest court cases in, in in the country. Yeah. And so she wrote this hit piece as though you were a grifter just trying to get money or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, it's a lawyer talking about pop culture. You don't yeah. get more mainstream than that. Yeah. And then what happens is she, she writes fake news about you mm-hmm. and then you call her out. Mm-hmm. Other people got mad yeah. that she, she wrote fake news. Yeah. So she's like, you're all radicalized. Yeah. If, if, if you, if you dare correct me, you're all radicalized. That, that that's, if that's in the what least ideology. Uh, like, anti Taylor Lorenz. Is Taylor Lorenz some was, kind of like Amber Heard stan? Uh, no, deal? she's well. I, Amber Heard wrote for the Washington Post. That's where supposedly the or Ghost. Wrote. Well, right, right, Ghost wrote. But the point is, the article was published in yeah, Wapo. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Lorenz works for Wapo. Yeah. So of course, there's a major conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there is. They but, were thinking about taking that down, the op-ed, <sighs> but I think they just added a, a note. I don't. I don't recall if they actually ended up adding a note to it, but my, my assumption was that they were never going to take that down unless they were actually compelled to do so. 
That's that's what I that's what I was assuming. I don't know. Even I don't with the think verdict. they should be compelled to, to take it down. Dude, Taylor Lorenz has like been having major meltdowns. Like her, her she's losing it. Yeah, it reminds me of like an abused dog when <laughs> it's more likely to snap out and lash out at people Whoa. coming up to pet it. Like if an animal's been abused, it's more likely to attack someone that comes near it. Usually, for the most part, who did and anything to Taylor Lorenz? Who knows what her childhood was like? But she, for her to see danger she all went to around a Swiss her, boarding is school, like, bro. Yeah, so but a lot of rich people are are twisted when they're kids That's by true. bad parents. No, it's, it's not just that; it's that their 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 snowplow parents clear out all obstacles, so they never actually mm-hmm. experience any hardship. So then they get older. I feel the I don't, slightest snowflake yeah, touches yeah. their skin and they scream. I don't want ill for her or anything, but for her to be seeing radicalization all around her is like, and, and yeah, there is radicalization going on. Reality, this fifth dimensional warfare, weird, you know, twisting. But it's you know, obviously, if you see it all around you, then you got to look within because it's your own lens that you're seeing reality through. That's that's I making saw, it look a certain color. I saw this viral tweet. I didn't fact check it, so fact check me on this one. But uh, someone tweeted, Taylor Lorenz, actually I think it was Viva, so I trust it, uh, that she was like, people are getting sick at VidCon with COVID because VidCon literally did nothing to mitigate uh, COVID. And then he also posted a tweet from VidCon where it's like, you know, vaccine and negative tests and masks are required or something like that. I, maybe not mask, but it was like, you know, you need a negative test within three days to come to the event. So Taylor Lorenz is literally just making stuff up. Yeah. Now, look, I don't care about this woman. But the issue is she is wielding the Washington Post like, you know, what was the what was the name of the sword that He-Man had? Whatever, that one. She's wielding it like that. I don't know if it had a name. That's awesome. The sword of Grayskull or something. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. She's holding up the Washington Post and using it to to smack people around and cause damage to other people. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, and the, the power sword. It's called the power sword. Power sword. Power right sword. No, I was going to say that. I mean, the issue that 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 I had with, with my, my run in and, and with Tug's run in with her was that it was, it was just, it was a, it was something that really shouldn't have been an issue. It should have been just a very simple correction to say like, okay, we're, we're correcting it where I said that I reached out to them for comment and no, I didn't reach out to them for comment until after we had published. But they had several corrections on there where ultimately they, uh, it, it, it said that, um, the, the final like resting place of this like laundry list of corrections was that, um, it said that, that she had not reached out to, um, Tug at all beforehand, um, but she had reached out to me by Instagram, which is literally the last place that she reached out to me. But after it, Twitter DM, which was after I called her out on Twitter. But this is the crazy thing. They play this game where they'll be like, we reached out to Ian for comment. He did not respond. And then, like, what does that mean? It turns out they sent a letter in the mail. Yeah, to an old address. To, a, to an old signal. address. Yeah, smoke <laughs> signal. Like, we did legally, for for legal purposes. I yelled his name out into the woods, yeah. but there was no response. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be funny if there was. And the, and the <laughs> thing he is... He got back to me. They didn't... It didn't even... If I remember correctly, it didn't even say that we had, de- that we had not responded to comment but that we had declined or that, that we we had we had re- essentially refused to comment. Yeah. But that would require a response from us. Maybe so instead like, of reach saying we reached out, they should start saying they received our request for comment and did not respond. <laughs> because reaching out is different than yeah. get, It doesn't even if you, know, you reach out for comment in the middle of a of a forest and yeah. in the middle don't of nowhere. Don't be surprised when you don't hear back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's the game they play. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they're, they're, I There's can't remember who it was. But they, they, they do this thing where they'll like send a general inquiry to your like 
info line on your website, which is you know, like a low level level. Like, so you, you know, Joe, it'll be like Joe Rogan never responded you know, because they like went to his website and submitted a form to his booking manager who did, threw it in the trash and didn't know what it was. To info at JoeRogan.com. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> that they will, or they'll like look your name up in the phone book and they'll call it and be like, they didn't comment. And you're like, bro, there's a bunch of people with the same name as me. Who are you looking up? They should say that we were unable to contact. We were unable to get in touch with someone yeah. for contact. But that's also just not comment. true. Because you have to try. Or and, we did not. That'd be a better way. We did not get in touch with them for comment. Yeah. I, 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 what they, what they do with these comments is they're trying to feign credibility. That's the whole point. Yeah. And they want you to seem less credible. So they'll be like, oh, they never got back to us. That's their fault. But here's, here's the thing. Even if you get back to them, they're just going to twist whatever you say. Yeah. They're going to mangle it up. You know, you're going to say something like, uh, look, I'm a legal YouTuber. I'm commenting on a very publicly, you know, public trial and I'm taking my, my, uh, my, my expert opinion. Uh, for what it is. And then they'll write, when they responded, they expressed that it's a very popular trial and it's good for business. <laughs> and then when you're like, I didn't say it, they'll be like, well, that's how we assumed it to be. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Assume or something along luck. the lines of like, this is yet another lawyer profiting off of poor people and their misery. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yep. <laughs> so should you send a video response as your comment and then nope. put the video response online later when you'll be like, this They'll, is where they got the comment from? So, so Or just a public tweet. But but it, it is better to do a public tweet because everyone can read it. Yeah. But they will write whatever they want. True. Right, so I'll tell you this. Ian, how do you feel about um, bakery fresh cinnamon buns? Mm, well, I'm not down with the carbs, but you know it smells good. When asked for comment on bakery fresh cinnamon <laughs> buns, Ian let out a displeasing grunt, <laughs> seemingly showing dissatisfaction. R commenting, not pleased, dot, dot, dot. He yeah. even went on to say that there were problems a, a with grunt. them. He said, I'm not a into grunt. dot, 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 the smell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then people are going to, but, but imagine that from, uh, so, so that's actually a good example because people are going to be like, what sane person does not like the smell of bakery fresh cinnamon Of bumps? course. What's Ian wrong with Ian? Right. Now imagine though, it's something very similar to that, but like political violence or January 6th or something. And you'll say something mm -hmm. like, obviously no one's going to come out and say, I support all of this violence. And they're going to be like, he responded with dot, 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 quote, I support all of this. Violence. I had this thought over the weekend that whoever controlled in the past, whoever controlled the newspapers controlled politics. Like you could write whatever you wanted and twist the entire world. Now it's just that with social media. Like Twitter took down a hashtag of a trending. That's not how trending works. Trending right? is what's trending. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny the reason they did it too. Somebody was like, I don't like that name. Stop letting people talk about it. At some point, I think people will be fed up with private corporations controlling politics. Well, let's 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 talk about a bit about that. We have this story from People. 
Crosby, Stills, Nash, and uh, not Neil Young. I don't know. Crosby, Stills, and Nash music is back on Spotify months after Joe Rogan boycott. So the big story was that, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, that this compilation went viral and everyone was calling Joe Rogan racist and all that. He apologized for it. But uh, all of these people were like, I'm taking my music off of Spotify. And uh, Crosby, Still, and Nash, as well as Neil Young, they did. And they're back. That's it. They're back. Actually, Neil Young, I guess half his music stayed on because he didn't own it anyway. That was actually really funny. <laughs> but this is this is really important. It shows you the depth of their of their values. None. Shallow. Not even an inch deep. They did this because it was major press. Let me tell you guys. When I was uh, doing the Occupy Wall Street stuff, I had all of these companies hitting me up being like, we want to give you all these things. We want to you know hire you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something happened in the press. You want to put out your press release and be like, this guy's with us now so you can get free press off of somebody else. I'm not interested. That's all they did. These guys were – they probably had a manager who was like, guys, guys, now's your chance. It's big in the news. It's Joe Rogan. He's the biggest podcaster. Come out. Say something. We'll, we'll, we'll craft some line for you. We'll take your music down for a couple months. We'll quietly put it back up. No one will say anything. You'll get tons of press. People will buy tickets to your shows. That's it. That's American politics. Politics is pop culture. People are losing their minds. They're throwing bricks at each other's faces because of dumb people like this. I mean, an alternative explanation could be that they just didn't realize that it would have ultimately no impact on well, whether or not Joe Rogan who stayed Who is making Spotify. more money for Spotify? Yeah. Joe Rogan? Yeah. And or it, this folk group that nobody's heard of? Eh. Ooh, they're really famous. <laughs> they were. They are, but I mean, <laughs> anymore? How much money are they making off of streams? I mean, anywhere close to Joe Rogan? That's, that's no. right. That's the from, right point. From, from the demographics that are actually watching and listening to Spotify. They realized particularly. Spotify didn't care about their overinflated egos. They yep. cr- came crawling back and then... Saying that they're gonna like give their proceeds to charity for COVID nineteen disinformation. To me, that that seems like a very soft landing for them to return to say, "Well, we're not doing this for ourselves. We're just doing this for everybody else." I don't know why they left to begin with. Neil Young was the thorn, and he probably called Stills, Nash, and, and um, Crosby, and was like, "Dudes, we gotta stop something, something." My my politics, and they're like, "Well, Neil knows what he's talking about." All right, Neil, we got your back. And then they left, and they're but, like, "What are we doing? This is ridiculous." <laughs> I mean, any on. anybody who knows, left the band anyway, anybody who knows anything about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, so they've always been ardent authoritarians supporting the machine and the government. This yeah. is this is par for the course for who they represent. Their, music? their song Four Dead in Ohio" about the Kent State shootings in during, support of it was all about <laughs> supporting the they shooting. Love that. Yeah. I mean, so, they're, they're about the most anti-authoritarian band in the 70s. No, but one that, of them. One of the comments on this article was like about the fact that they're baby boomers and baby boomers are all about having the appearance of being like freedom fighting underdogs, but they're actually like totally pro system. I wonder if it's like when you're younger. You just give the middle finger to the previous generation. And then when you're older, you're but like, you give I it think to the that's next something generation. they started. <laughs> right, right, right. right. I don't, I don't think it was ever like that before. Didn't the baby boomers start that? I don't think so. I mean, there's that joke from The Simpsons we like to reference where Abe Simpson is like, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what it is is scary. You know, you know that bit? And then he's like, it'll happen <laughs> yeah. to you too. Radio <laughs> radicalized the youth of the time and then TV. It was the TV generation finally was like, look at what we are. We can't have men beating women. That's not normal. Like, we gotta fix something about society. Cause in the TV shows, they'd be smacking and smacking. And they're like, wow, what have we become? Um, so they were kind of the first generation I don't that know. was able to. I like to Sean Connery's. 
I like Sean Connery. (laughs) And he talks about backhanding women. There's videos of him like in defense of backhanding. You know, it's crazy. (laughs) It's funny. Does he do that? Yeah. There's a video of him like talking about why it's quality and what's the value of it and all that on YouTube. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It was well after it was like decided. And good on him. (laughs) These guys just because of TV and mass media. This is like the the mass media generation. These wasn't there like some singer who would beat his kids with a sack of oranges. Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> Why is that of orange? Because the, the, it hurts you, but the damage is to the flesh of the orange, so it doesn't show marks or something like oh, that. Geez. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's it's pretty terrible. brutal. Dude, I think, what? like the silent, what are this, is like the silent generation or the lost generation? The World War II generation, they were brutal. Were they the greatest generation? That was, no, that was before. I think when we started naming the generations, was that was like when the mistakes started happening. I mean, what was it the lost generation? Is that the last one? Like the the, the first one we haven't recorded or something? That's like the late eighteen hundreds. Eighteen hundreds. Yeah, the silent generation. No, that was that silent after afterwards. That. Yeah, and then the greatest generation. But there's like it's like it's like there's like overlap because you know. So it's hard to define different generations because right. there's there's always going to be some some overlap between them because people have kids all the time. Yeah. So it's not like it's, it's not like and every seven years everyone goes into a chamber to have children there, or something. And there are ver- and there are various like social events that will that will define a generation that they go through certain experiences that you know when you when you're towards the beginning or towards the end of that generation you're going to have some blend with the other lifetime experiences as well like you know like like millennials have gone through 9-11 and the great recession and covid but you know generation z or what what have you hasn't gone through some of those earlier things yeah so but there's going to be some blend between the two where where the two intersect i wonder how that's going to affect gen z um obviously the older generation had uh depending on which generation you had vietnam and things like that in the draft the boomers and then with the millennials, you had nine eleven, and mm-hmm. so you know, I don't, I don't know how old you are. You, you, you you're a woman, so do you mention your age? Uh, sometimes it depends I, on you know. I, I, I have before I'm thirty four. I can say that. Oh, okay, yeah. So sometimes you know, the, what I always say is, I think uh, I'm thirty four. Yeah. You I just am. ask a woman, are you old enough to? Or if I ask your age, you'll be offended, and then you can get a general <laughs> idea. Uh, but we, so we, we had, we all experienced nine eleven, but you didn't. Mary? No, I I was a year old. Right, right. So, Holy cow! Yeah, so <laughs> you didn't. I wonder how that's going to uh, impact your view of the world relative to everyone else. Because mm-hmm. you're kind of like a nihilistic. Uh, oh, that, I what? don't think I'm a nihilist because well, I'm Catholic. So sure, that's but true. But I don't think I represent other people in my generation either. Um, for that very reason, it's like is Gen Z going to be more based or more woke? You know what I mean? Hmm. So far, like, I would like to say more based, but really, the, the reality is we're just more polarized. Yeah. So, like, more extreme on both ends. Yep. Yeah, so when the millennials are in charge, and then you're gonna have Gen Z, Gen Alpha, and then what comes after Alpha? Alpha Gen. I don't even want to beta, think that beta far. Gen. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even the betas, dude. That's when the rise. Gen of Alpha yes. is like the tablet babies during COVID who didn't see a human face. Oh for three man, years. no, no, Alpha Gen, and they can't read like these kids that w- they can't talk. Oh, man. Yeah, they're, they, they're they they screwed. Yup. Yeah, you ever you guys ever see that story about the like these scientists found a young girl that was like raised by wolves or something? Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah, and she couldn't yeah. learn English, right? Because so, her brain had had moved on to a certain level of development. Where you need you need to have society in order for your brain yeah. those neurons to connect and when and if your 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 brain develops beyond that point before they connect you can't develop the ability to to use language yeah she could say Crazy. like grunts she could be like eat food wow yeah I think water that that girl she was um she was held captive by her father until she was like found it was that what it was you're right, so. right 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 she what eventually was. was able to use language but she never 
was was ever like you know but it's like it's like like yeah like she was never able to be independent at all like think about this way too there are people who are extremely brilliant but when they like they don't speak english when they learn english they can't use english the same way a proficient english speaker would because their brains have already like hardened right so that's why you you'll you'll see people who are like in their 50s learn english you can speak to them you can communicate but for some reason they won't say like the or 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 you know an or in like I think you know it depends I mean? on how many languages they've learned before that, though. For sure. I'm, I'm just saying mm-hmm. that there are very intelligent people who, in their native tongue, could mm-hmm. explain to you yeah. theories of the universe. But in English, you know, say, like, me like eat pizza. <laughs> Fun. And you're like, <laughs> I got the idea. Say it in your you know, first language, and you're going to be like, the beautiful thing about pizza is when you get the cheese and the sauce, and it's all melty and delicious. But <laughs> they just don't, they don't speak properly. You know what I mean? There, Salvador Dali is a good example of that. He was like the, the first artist of the TV generation mm. of like the mass media as we know it, radio TV. And he was just Spanish. You know, Sp- I think it's Spanish is his native language. Barely spoke English. Very rough. And you could tell he's like brilliantly talking about the Fibonacci sequence in his art. If you've ever seen Dali's art, it's the most surrealist, yeah. amazing stuff. But when he speaks English, it's like you can barely understand what he's saying. And people would just sit there and kind of like get bored, which is unfortunate because yeah. he was such a genius. Yeah. And people, it's funny, uh, oftentimes Americans assume someone's dumb. They're, they're, not, they're unintelligent because they're not that good at speaking English. I don't, they don't know. Speak I think English Americans are some of the most like gracious about that because so many people have immigrated here. I think it depends though. I, I don't know. I've, I've seen both sides of that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, but like way. try to speak French in, in France. I, they're going to uh, be mean to you. When I went to Spain, they were mean to me. And I can actually speak like baby kindergarten level Spanish. Yeah. And they would like, man, I was surprised. I think in America, we at least appreciate that someone is trying. Yeah. yeah. I think it also, well, it also depends on the size of the country too. And the, the level of, of spread of that language across the world. If it's a smaller country with a smaller language or a, or a language that's spoken by fewer people, they definitely will appreciate I, the effort. I think there's a through line with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young with this because people from that generation, their brains have formed. And now with this new information of the age, it's like, yeah, they knew that Vietnam was screwed. They knew that there was maybe false flags. They, they knew, but they didn't quite understand the, the liberal economic order. Um, whatever you want to call it, this, this world order thing that had been established. They didn't understand that there people, was a, they definitely will. There, there, there was, was like a, a multinational oh. corporate attempted at a takeover of the planet. It didn't, they just thought like righteousness is good. The American government's bad. Let's, yeah, let's that, work it I out. I don't understand then why do, why do boomers trust authoritarian regimes like so easily? Like why do they trust authority so automatically? Uh, they got a lot it. of value from the American dream. I put in quotes. They, they really sucked off the teat of the American just mass printing of money from 1950 to 1990. They, they became so wealthy and safe. That and the they, worst thing is they think they earned all of it. Yeah, right. Like it was their hard <laughs> and work. And then they that call they millennials entitled when Get, like the cost what? of living is We stolen. were a colonizing slave state. They are entitled, but so the boomers entitled. are like just as entitled, if not but more. Boomers are, uh, um, uh, boomers did a lot of really good things, but I feel like all generations have their good side and their bad side, sure. and it's increasingly getting polarized. Mm-hmm. So there, there are the boomers who are the lazy layabouts, snowplow parents who raised really awful children, and then there's the boomers who made things like Star Trek: The Next Generation and you know pursued civil liberties, and and to this day we still have people, you know, that are that are boomers that are doing well. It's just that, you know, I, I think when we complain. We focus on the bad and ignore the fact that we did get some really awesome stuff. 
I would not be here today if there were not good boomers who did something right. Sure. And the people listening to the show and, you know, like everyone else's parents, it's just like we're focused on the bad. So they're good millennials too. Like obviously we're millennials mm-hmm. and, you know, we're doing all right. I think so. <laughs> and then there are bad millennials who are screaming that like their rent should be free. Mm. So, But like what portion are each of those sides? Man, I don't know. I wonder. You need data on that. Yeah, but I genuinely feel like when you look at most social media, millennials are messed up. Let me see if I can pull up this story. Let me see if I can try and uh, try and find a story. We're going to jump ahead a little bit, and I'll tell you how messed up millennials are. Here we go. Oh, this I got this uh, tweet where I wrote, brain rot. It is a woman, and she's 11.6 million views. She posts on her TikTok, lost a patient today. And then she's like, she set up the camera. She's filming herself. She leans up against the wall. Shake it off. You have five more hours. She's a nurse or whatever, or a doctor. I don't know. Maybe a fancy doctor. And this right here is, 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 in my opinion, the exact, like, the problem with everything. It's not just millennials. It's the younger generation on social media. They're all doing this. They are desperate for validation and attention. Mm. And so everything about their lives is fake, made up. This is very scary. Right, so we saw some tragedies take place in, in in a couple cities, Philadelphia and in Highland Park. And why does that kind of thing happen? Well, we often talk about it. These guys want their name in the news. They want to be on TV. They want people to know who they are. They want to be a part of history. They're often loners on antidepressants, things like that. So it all makes sense. No one is giving them the time of day. Humans are social creatures who crave social interaction. This is on the same wavelength, totally opposite ends. Like, okay, some lady made a fake video where she pretended to mourn and it's very vapid and all that stuff. Fine. She didn't go out and hurt anybody, so they're very, very different. But there's a similar thread stitching these things in that people are – they will do whatever it takes to get those likes on social media so that they can feel validated because they don't have the mental fortitude to feel good about themselves on their own. Hmm. This is the millennial generation. Gen Z is very similar. All of these – I remember I went to VidCon. I think it was like 2016. And there were these little kids. So this is eight years ago. This is or six years ago. This is crazy. There were a bunch of little kids. And as I'm walking past them, one goes, how many followers do you have? I have 43. And he goes, I got 82. You have 82 followers? And I was like, those kids are going to be messed up. That's where we're going. Gary Vee will tell kids that. Don't worry oh, no. about <laughs> the number of followers you have. Focus on the quality and having yeah. fun and, and being happy and, and making things but, you like. But this... This video is a perfect example of why the country is imploding. And it really, really is. Think about it. What we see with virtue signaling, the woke people, Ellen Page, you better, you better delete that viral trend because you said the wrong name. Yo, 99% of people, I, I guarantee you, if you walk down the street in any major city and said, do you know who Elliot Page is? They'd be like, no. And if you said, do you know who Ellen Page is? They'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, from X-Men. But like, did you know that it's bigoted to say that name? They'd be like, I have no idea. Yet those people would innocently go on Twitter and say something like, big fan of Ellen Page in those movies, she is super cool, and then banned, not allowed. Th- that's happening because these people are like, I'm going to get attention. Here's a really good example. Do you guys see that? What's his name? Griffin Green? Do you guys hear about this guy? No. You heard about him, right? No. Uh, Bodega Bro. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know his real name. So, I only knew Bodega Bro. Bodega Bro. So <laughs> there's this dude. This is an amazing story. He moves to New York for a job, and he's this really kind of like... I don't know what the right word is. Doofy? Like, it's like an endearing kind of, uh, um, 
uh, general ignorance. Okay. I'm not. I'm not insulting. I'm saying he just didn't understand New York. So it's he's probably walking. a good thing to be ignorant of. For sure. New York City. <laughs> but so he's walking around and he's like, I'm trying to find a grocery store in New York. I can't find anything. And he's like, every, it keeps Google Maps keeps sending me to these places. He's like, Yo, what's going on? And it's like they're making sandwiches. It's a bodega. Someone reported him to his company and they're like are you going to employ this person so they fire him people get mad at this dude who reported him and so then that dude makes a video where he's like i'm being harassed on the internet you have no idea what it feels like when people are coming after you and it's like bro you just did this these people their brains are are putty it's mush they're going on social media and they're like i'm gonna get attention by tattletaling on someone and then it's just a big swarm of people flinging, flinging crap at each other, yeah. all for the sake of getting more clicks, getting more attention, to the point where, yo, someone died. I don't actually know if someone died. She could be faking it. But you're going to be wearing your scrubs, frame your camera, get it set up, press record, look back, check your hair, stand mm-hmm. back, and then go, oh, someone died. It's the same callousness yeah. Yeah. indifference well, I to think, human life. I think it, really what's happening here. To me, anyway, my impression is that we've really just commodified connection, which is something that ultimately we really need. Like you said, we're so, we, we are social creatures. So all humans need connection. And so as our, as our technology gets more and more advanced, that, that is supposed to ironically bring us together more and more, uh, we are ironically being sort of forced apart more so. And especially since the pandemic. So, you know, that combine that with the American tendency to, um, I mean, this is going back to my, my college days of, of sociology classes that I took, um, on like our, our American, um, cultural roots of being, um, uh, cultural roots in Calvinism and, and, um, uh, Puritans and that kind of stuff that like they would look for signs of being, being, uh, part of the, the, the saved, you know, the, the part of, you know, going, yeah, yeah, exactly. The elect reaching salvation and whatnot. So they would look for signs for that being like, you know, signs of, of wealth. It means that you're not spending your money. It means that you are accumulating your wealth. It means that you are working very hard, very diligently. So those were all virtues. So we just as a, as a culture from our very, very cultural, early historical underpinnings, we have, um, had a long, tradition of sort of commodifying our virtues so it makes a lot of sense that in the age of social media and the age of likes and subscribes and shares that that's the way that we'll we'll view those virtues of of having connection having a personal connection with with other individuals and it and especially um like a clip like that that has a lot of emotion involved in it i mean we're talking about death we're talking about grief that is a, a pretty strong um I guess you could say force for somebody to want to give some kind of connection to that kind of emotion. I think uh, you're you're right about the commodification of virtue and all that stuff. But there was a, a a unified message in this country, so that commodification was mostly unified—a single track. When the Dixie Chicks, I think it was. Do you know who the Dixie Chicks are? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. You do okay. When they came out, they, I think they criticized the war. Right. That's what happened. Yeah, the war in Iraq. George W. Bush, mm-hmm. and then it was like a it was a bad thing. You can't they got do canceled. That. Yeah. They got canceled. <laughs> you know, now they, they now they're just they called had to go by the chicks. Yeah, now they're and just then, the then chicks. We were joking. Me and Brett were joking that like you can't call women chicks anymore. So they're just gonna be the. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's offensive. Uh, but back then, even though most like you had Democrats and Republicans, and you had a big anti-war movement, the mainstream narrative was don't rag on the soldiers or yeah. criticism of the war was criticism of the soldiers. Something happened. And I think it has all to do with the internet where a divergent culture emerged. We split mm. and two markets developed. You had a market for out angst and wokeness and you had a market for opposing it, free speech, liberty, freedom, all that stuff, kind of where we ended up. Hmm. And then that, that market split, it probably could have been stopped if in the, in the late two thousands, Someone came out and was like, yo, 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 we are, we're hard forking here as an American culture, but no one did anything. So American culture forked. And I think it has a lot to do with in cities with the internet messaging spread so rapidly that the left dramatically changed their position faster than the right could keep in, t- keep in line mm-hmm. with it. There's a good, there's a good example. I can maybe pull up in a second from the New York Times where it shows in 2008, the left veers off like that and the right just keeps going. When that happened, you end up with tens of millions of people, all with money, creating a massive market opportunity for woke virtue signaling. That will never stop. Hmm. So at this point, I would I would say, you know, I was trying to I was wondering like how do we stop the country from collapsing? Like what what are the real solutions? And and, and I don't want to say it's black pill to think this. I think it's more realism. You can't and the reason is there is money to be made if you are woke. There is money to be made if you are anti woke. This means that market forces and political forces necessitate the expand the expansion of messaging in favor of these two massive groups. You could disincentivize money and focus more on goods and services. I think that's a that's something that could keep us together. It's how do we get the grain from Kansas around the country so we can all eat? That and I mean, there's also the the, the possibility that people get oversaturated by it and people get tired of it, and then eventually they they want to find something that is a little bit more more moderated. I just watched a documentary on BuzzFeed uh, yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And that how they were really leading, spearheading this, what you were calling a commodification of, of well, what you ex- call it, hate or whatever. Yeah. But like well, 2012, 13, it's like uh, identity politics. They'd be like 25 things that black people can identify with, 12 things that women really want. Well, uh, so, 18 things a gay man can get down with. And you're like, all of a sudden, it's getting, then it's like a black gay man. And then it, Then as hate gets involved, like four things that you just, women just can't stand. And then the Boston bombing, people are profiting off of the news. Anyway, I could go on about this. I want to break that down. I want to show this real quick and then explain what Ian's saying. So this is what happened to the the political center from the New York Times. And you can see in 2008, the left, the Democratic Party, look look at that chart. Just look at that. The blue line shooting super far left. You see where it says median party? That's the median party of Europe. So the United States... For some reason, in eight years, became left of center for European political parties, which are already relatively far left. Now, of course, the left will look at that and say, oh, see, we're only center left. The Republican Party's far right. And it's like, no, 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 that's American culture. 
You can disagree with it. But this shows the left went far left relative to where Americans are. And I'll tell you how it happened. As Ian was pointing out, BuzzFeed was creating articles where it was like about black people, about gay people. Those were buzzwords. The algorithm would latch onto words Mm. and then pump them out. And what happens, I remember this, man. You guys probably remember this too. I don't know if you remember this. All the police brutality videos, all that's all Facebook was. It was like you'd go on Facebook and it was just endless videos of police brutality, rap songs about police brutality. That's all it was. So what happens is you get companies like BuzzFeed where they're like, hey, we got a million clicks on that police brutality video. Why? Well, because people don't like injustice. Then they were like, hey, hey, I made an article that was talking about police brutality and racism. It got twice as many views. So they start cramming all the different keywords as possible into as many articles as possible. And then you get intersectional feminism. And it's not, and then they'll be like, hey, there's no racist, <coughs> violent things that happen today. What's our next article going to be? It's not that they're going out there and creating the racist violence necessarily, but there is an incentive to see more racist violence. And you will literally, as a, as a, someone that does that stuff, hope for something like that to happen so that you can make a lot of money off it. It's fucking sick. So, so here's, here's the fight. Here's the political battle. Can you, can you pull this back up? The New York Times thing? If you are in the middle of the road um, from 2000, you're l- let's say you weren't a Democrat, you weren't a Republican, you were a moderate, you're in between. You likely did not get pulled far left along with the Democratic Party. You probably floated somewhere in the middle like this, like me, maybe to, to a certain extent, a bit like Ian or a bit like Joe Rogan or Elon Musk. So now if you were in the middle, the Republican Party, well... They're kind of right wing compared to where I am, but the left, I can't even see where they're at. Hmm. So this is what happens. There was a tweet from Libby Emmons about how the Democrats went so pro-abortion that a lot of people just were like, like Democrats were like, yo, I'm out. And they lost the fight. They had no support anymore. And then I see this on Twitter, the commodification of virtue. The centrists are just far right. The center has moved far right. The, the, the moderates are being radicalized. And I'm just like, if you are in the Democratic Party and you veered that far left, you don't think you moved. You're the same normal person you've always been. It's like if you go underwater and then you look up at people on the surface, you're like, everyone's blurry now. Exactly. But like, dude, that's because get out of the water and everyone's still normal, man. Same. So so here's the issue, though. These people, they built a following. They've got millions of followers. They can't just stop. CNN. They used to be, they used to cover the news. Now it's just orange man bad all day, every day, January 6th, and whatever they can milk out of it. If CNN comes out now and says, we're going to go back to reporting the news, no one will watch them mm. because they'll lose the zealot fans they got. And they already lost the news fans. They Well, they lost them a long time ago. So they have no choice. It's an addiction. And they've done it to themselves. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking that I think an important factor in that is the the actual emotional addiction or maybe not emotional, but the addiction that some people actually have to to these emotions that they feel. Um, with regard to these, these, uh, various stories. Rage is a big one. Um, what's her face? That, uh, when she, she testified in front of Congress about Facebook. Um, this was, I don't know how many months ago. Um, one of the, she was a former, she was supposed to be working on their, like, oh, right. their the election. Whistleblower? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Facebook whistleblower. Quote yeah. Um, but she was talking about that, how, how she, she had said that there was, there were some kind of studies. I'm, I'm, I'm really reaching back without having looked at this after months but um she was saying that that was that was one of the one of the one of the big issues is that is that people were actually having they they were showing signs of addiction to to yep. rage and so it's like how do you get somebody off of that off of that sort of a, a substance 
when it's everywhere and there's every incentive for them to continue profiting off of it. Well, so there, there are, um, Dave Rubin's got this. Joe Rogan's got this. I've obviously got this. There are people who take clips out of context on purpose because they know there's a market for tribal rage. Yeah. So we try to have people on the left on the show and we've had a few, but I would say the overwhelming majority of them won't come on. They'll cancel, they'll refuse, or they'll use it to rally their base because they're virtue signalers. Mm. So there's one guy in particular who's like, oh, come on. And then when we actually were like, okay, sure, he he privately says, I'm not actually doing it, then goes to his fans and, and blames me for, for not allowing it, and now uses that to rile him up and say, see, see what I told you? And it's crazy mm. because I'm like, yo, we genuinely tried to have some of these people on, and they legit spit on us and laughed and said, now we're going to make money off you. Then they go to their base and say, they were the actual bad guys. So this is the crazy thing. We are trying to get those people out of the cult. They think we're in the cult. But these are the people who believed Jesse Smollett. These are the people who believed Russiagate. These are the people who believed Hands Up, Don't Shoot. These are the people who believed the Covington Kid story. These are the people who believed Ukraine Gate. These are the people who believed the very fine people hoax. These are the people who never once stopped to actually check the evidence themselves. And there are many of them. And they have money. And their money is easily parted from them by these people. That is the big challenge. And so long as there are these prominent left-wing personalities who will pander to them, there's there's going to be a division that is moving us towards catastrophe. But that being said, this next story is a bit more of good news. From the Washington Examiner, Joe Rogan will never have Trump on podcast not interested in helping him. Now, that isn't the story I'm actually pointing out. You have to dig a little deeper to see what the what the big story is. And it's where Joe Rogan says Trump is running against a dead man. That's the important point. Joe Rogan has praised Ron DeSantis saying he'd be a good president. He doesn't want to help Trump. But if the regular person, if Joe Rogan is the barometer for UFC commentator, mainstream comedian, I w- I'd be willing to bet Joe Rogan is where most Americans probably are. And they are not far left. They are t- tired of the woke stuff. They don't like Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis would probably be all right. That's good news. It means that cult may have been breaking itself so far off from the mainstream America that eventually they're going to lose money, run out, and then they're not going to be a part of the economy anymore. And when that market dries up, people start walking away. I have to imagine with Joe Rogan being who he is for the past several years, saying what he said, a lot of regular people are moving away from that stuff. They're getting out of it. So... He's not threatening Joe Biden by calling him a dead man, but he's basically pointing out that Joe's not going to win. He can't win, right? I think I think Joe's been saying that for a while, though, hasn't he? Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, About Biden. Oh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I just mean, like, here's the latest context around it. So does he mean I'm not interested in helping Trump because Trump doesn't need any help at this point? He has no no competition. He's saying he doesn't. I I think Joe Joe says, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not going to help him out. I'm not going to have him on the show. Now, that says to me, Joe Rogan's taking a, a hard political mm-hmm. stance. Because for me, as, you know, like a, as a host of a show, I, I, li- I actually don't care about helping someone or hurting someone. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no offense to Joe. My attitude is if we're going to have a conversation and talk about these things and we need to, well, maybe it'll help you or not. But it's interesting what Joe's saying right there, mm. that if Trump goes on his show, it will help Trump. What does that mean? It means that Trump is more correct that Trump will expose the media's lies and that will help him. Obviously, it'll give him exposure. But if Trump was wrong about everything, going on his show would expose him, right? It would hurt him, wouldn't it? 
right? Yeah, that makes sense. That Joe logically checks out. Joe thinks Trump is right to a certain degree. Maybe not on everything. Mm. Maybe he doesn't think he's a good person, but he thinks enough that if Trump were to come on his show, it would benefit him. Or at the very least, he just thinks that Trump is a very convincing person. Maybe. But I think the reality is Joe knows that uh, that Bi- Rogan knows Biden is out of it and that people elected a guy who was burning this country to the ground because they hate Trump. Trump will come on. Trump will say, remember 2019? Remember this policy? Remember when I did this? And people are going to be like, that's true. And there is a reality to what Donald Trump was doing when he was president that, man, he had a potty mouth. He was a uh, he was not a nice guy in a lot of ways. He's a nice guy in a lot of ways, but not a nice guy in a lot of ways, you know. And I think if people start hearing what Trump has to say on a platform like that, it will greatly help Trump, not because he's just convincing, but because he's right. It would help Trump in general to have more public uh, showings. I, I haven't even seen him talk. And like, I think I saw one interview with him in the last two years. I'm kind of with Joe on this in that I think about having Donald on this podcast because it would, one, it would be great for the podcast. It would have huge numbers. Two, you know, whatever. It's a political And that's candidate. all that matters is feeding fodder yeah. to part of me base, is like, right? wow, the, the profitability <laughs> of, of selling out. Wow. But I don't never really, I mean, Trump's just divide. He's, he's like divisive. I don't know. I, I don't hate him, but I'd have Biden on the show too. It's Why? not like I hate the you, guy. You'd have them both on. Yeah. Because of the political prowess, because mm-hmm. they have been the president of the United States. Well, you could States. have some interesting conversations with either one. I would love to have Biden on this show. Be great. <laughs> I, I would rather have Biden than Trump, you Be know, epic. because I, I just, so Burisma, Victor Sh- uh, Shokin, Michael Zachevsky, let's talk Ukraine, buddy. You'd be like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, I'm leaving. With, with Trump, I'd say stuff like, I disagree with your fraud narrative. I'd ask him questions. But Trump's issue is that they call him a liar all the time. And I'm like, maybe he's just wrong. Trump lies about dumb ego stuff, like mm-hmm. how, how, how big and famous he is and things like that. I don't care about he that. He makes prom- big promises, too, with, I think, no idea of how to follow through. Like, I'm going to drain the swamp. What did that even mean? Did he even have an idea of what that meant? Because he oh, didn't fire a lot of there people. There was an actual oh. pool outside the White oh, House was that the, he was actually The swamp drain. that he... I see. So we're still waiting <laughs> on that. I kept my promise. Like, I did drain <laughs> the swamp, <laughs> by the way. septic system at the White House. You can House. go swimming now. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can ask Trump. So, like, the things I could criticize Trump over is, like, the State Department was advertising uh, Trump properties in the U.K. That's not okay. Uh, Trump tried using Doral in Florida for, I think it was the G7. That's not okay. Trump eventually rescinded that and said, okay, I won't do it. I thought I was going to save him money. And I'm like, it's conflict of interest. But he, pulled, he was pulling our troops out of the Middle East. Like, the one thing you can really get him for is, like, you're kind of a dick to a lot of people. And people didn't like that. But so was Joe Biden. Joe Biden launched his campaign off the Very Fine People hoax. It was a hoax. That's the craziest thing. His campaign video was that Donald Trump praised white nationalists, which never happened. He made it up to make people hate. That is psychotic. I think that, I think they're both kind of, kind of a dick. Like, um, Biden was really mean to that, that guy who was asking him about something, like the on gun the control guy. Yeah, and he just like lashed out. He lashes out, like, out at people a lot, but maybe it's just because but senility. It's, that could be part of it. Well, he's done it for <laughs> like, years, he, I remember. He points his finger in people's face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so aggressive. Like, if he was doing it in private, okay, maybe then I would question, but he did it in public on TV, right in front of the world. Which like, is what makes on. him seem senile. Like, do you know that people are watching you act crazy right now? Well, it's like, uh, um, it feels like and the way he, the way he puts his finger in people's faces, is like, you're asking. Yeah, for it's it. really aggressive. I, like I the was kind weird. of guy that'll grab your arm really the, tight till it hurts. That's, yeah. I was going to say the way he puts his hands on women's shoulders and sniffs their heads 
Is it worse uh, not than women, children. <laughs> well, children as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a creepy, awful man. You know, look, Donald Trump, locker room talk, all those nasty things. I'm not a fan of any of it. And there's a lot of people who really love Trump for who he is. His diehard supporters, they're like, we're glad there's a guy in there who's going to tell people. And I've, I've laughed. I understand what funny is. When he called Stormy horse face, when he, he said only Rosie O'Donnell, you know, when, when he called, what, what, who did he call? He said, call someone a fat pig. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's so. It's something yeah. along those lines, I think. Entertaining, funny celebrity drama. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm like, maybe not in the White House. Yeah, you know? definitely not in the White House. <laughs> I know, it happened. We need lo- lawyers in the White House and legal analysts and scientists and things like lawyers. that. Lawyers. <laughs> like Obama. <laughs> Too one of many his, lawyers. How many, one of the things, <laughs> is it, isn't every single lawyer joke about them being in hell? I thought Obama's. <laughs> Pretty much. Obama was a constitutional <laughs> lawyer, I believe. He, he's, and, and that was valuable, you know? He wasn't an idiot when it came yeah, to yeah. constitutional he was law. Like, uh, he knew what like, to circumvent to get things done, that's and, for sure. And, and I remember when he said, if you're like me, I will know all the legal loopholes for blown up kids. Too many of them. But we do need That's people to understand Boom the Constitution up. in the in the White House that re, that respect the Constitution. I think constitutionalists maybe is a better phrase than lawyers. I think Trump is what you get when the people are neglected for too long. And I went to these Trump rallies, and there are so many people who are like, "I've never voted before, but I'm voting for this man because he's finally sticking it to the machine." The Republicans and Democrats were snooty elites who thought they were better than everyone else, and that needed to change. So now you've got. The Trump populists, the left populists hate the Democrats and hate the Republicans, but support the Democrats because they hate the Republicans more, which is dumb. But the whole thing is just kind of going it, to, it's, it's falling apart. I actually think Ron DeSantis could probably save the country, but I don't know if he'll, he'll actually reform it to the degree it needs to be reformed. He would just stop it from imploding. You know what I mean? He does seem to have the, the same sort of ability to, make Trump-like changes, but without his tweets. But I don't think he'd go as, he'd go as, as far as we need him to. Hmm. I, I'm all, I also, fair point, you know, Ian brought this up. I don't know if Trump would drain the swamp either. He didn't do it the first time. He brought more swamp monsters, and he got rid of some of them, but brought more in. Hmm. Maybe he was getting jammed up by the Russiagate stuff, and he couldn't do it. He might win re-election and then say, okay, now I've got one more term. I don't have to worry about the swamp, so I'm going to ignore it. You know? Yeah. And if he doesn't go in there and fire everybody, then what's the point? Then Ron DeSantis, I think, would do better. No, I, I, I mean, I think you were right about his foreign policy stuff because he was trying to stop the war, a lot of the war in the Middle East. You know, maybe heavy-handedly, like moving the the Israeli. What was it? What did he move to Jerusalem? He moved the uh, the embassy, the embassy, which was basically saying, "Hey, Palestinians, f you." You know, it was basically like picking a side in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict by putting it in Jerusalem and saying, "Like this is an Israeli." embassy in Jerusalem, which is supposed to be split between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Um, so he that was like some kind of brute force um, ignorance, I think, politically. Oh, I'm, the conservatives loved it. Of course. They've been waiting half of that. the people loved it. The other half of the people are yeah, like, what the heck? One of the things Joe Rogan brought up in this interview with Lex Friedman, that's where the, the quotes come from, is that there were people who abandoned all principle and logic to attack Trump and his supporters because he was a threat to democracy or something. It was legitimately insane. The way they lied about Trump all day, every day. And there was a meme among centrists. Stop making me defend Trump. <laughs> it was people who are like, I don't like him either. But, yo, that's not true. There's a really funny skit someone did. And they were like, why are you saying that? Are you a Trump supporter? No, it just that didn't happen. They were like, you support Trump. It's like, OK, dude, I don't know how we're supposed to survive as a country if you can't even just be like, this is what's true. This is what's not true. 
Nobody wanted journalism. They wanted confirmation bias. And that was the cult. Well, I think one place where I've started to see a change is in in my corner of, of YouTube, which is live streaming trials. Starting with the Rittenhouse trial, that was the first eye-opener for a lot of people to say, oh, the media is lying to me about everything that happened in Kenosha that night. Um, and then more recently, but those were, those were people that were of a particular, uh, political demographic, more people on the right. Now we have the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial where people are saying the same thing, but they span the entire political spectrum. I mean, I have people that are, that are literal socialists that are saying the media is lying to us about this. What else are they lying to us about? Good. So it's, it's, if, if you're, if you're looking for, for a potential ground for, for change, um, on social media or on the internet in generally, that could be one of those places. Yeah. The mega corporate internet media or the mega corporate media apparatus is, is, it's just the, the Weird. fact, the fact that the reporting on these trials is just so different. And when people have the ability to actually watch them for themselves and to evaluate the evidence, evaluate the arguments that are put in front of them and to understand the law that's actually at play, um, they, they're, they're able to come to their own conclusions. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why channels like, like mine, like Ricada Law, like Viva Fry, um, Emily D. Baker, a bunch of other people on, on law, in law tube, like we, we like to call it, the reason why these channels are growing is because we're, we're giving people the ability to make their own conclusions using the evidence and just sort of like acting as, as almost like, like law Sherpas to like guide, guide them through the process. Yeah, I think, um, schooling is kind of, uh, obtuse in a lot of ways. Like they make people go to medical school for 12 years or something to learn how to do something that you could really learn how to do mm-hmm. regardless of the amount of time it's going to take you you could learn how to do it same with law if you yeah. can learn the info yeah. why do you have to spend six hundred thousand dollars and uh 11 years or whatever eight years like so you guys are kind of teaching yeah you guys are kind of teaching the information without the badge yeah. you know without and and the process too like that actually is the part that i think is is more confounding to most people is not so much the the actual information but the the legal process like what is trial actually like what is litigation actually like because you know well everybody comes in contact with the law regardless of whether they're in litigation at some point in their lives or not but most people will come in contact with a legal process at some point as well, whether that's criminal law or litigation, like civil litigation or probate, you know, somebody's parent dies and they have to administer a trust, you know, or, or a will or something like that. And, and, and automatically there's, I mean, part of it is the, is the expense, but automatically there's a lot of fear for most people. So, you know, if you can, if you can help people understand the process um, that they are that they are about to enter into it eliminates a lot of fear. Like I, I had somebody on on, on Twitter that um, tweeted at, at me and, and several others saying, um, "I am a DV survivor. I'm supposed to testify against my um, against my abuser, you know, next week or next month or something like that." And now, after having watched the Depp v. Heard trial with all of you guys, I have way less fear about what to expect because I I've, I understand the process now. Did you see the journalists during the Amber uh, the, the the Depp and Heard thing where they were like? I can't remember who it was, but they said the court actually claimed that there was malice. Look at what Johnny Depp did to her. And it's like, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. They don't, they, they don't look at the, the, at the legal filings or the language and say, what does that mean? Yeah. They say, I know what it means. I don't need assistance. And malice legally does not mean the same thing as malice colloquially. Right. And so it, actual malice. Specifically. Actual malice. Yeah. So, so these journalists are writing nonsense. And they're like, the court actually claimed there was malice, despite mm-hmm. Johnny Depp having been accused of doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's like, that has nothing to do with what the court's saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. The court saying she knew what she was saying or either she knew what she was saying was wrong or was reckless disregard for the truth. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah, exactly. When Roe v. Wade dropped, you know what I did? I was like, whoa, I better call a lawyer. <laughs> it's crazy. I think that the big difference between the corporate press today and whatever this show is and whatever your show is, is that we're very much like, hey, we're probably wrong. Let's ask experts and see what they have mm-hmm. to say about this. Journalism. Now, mainstream corporations are like, we know, because we're smart and well, you're dumb. It's very scientific method form of journalism. Assume that you're wrong until you can replicate it and figure out that what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way it should be done, I think. Should be, but isn't. So now we, we're, we, I mean, I, I, I guess going back six, seven years, trust in the press has been at all time lows. So good, fine. But they're still getting tons of money. They're still controlling the news cycle. They're still manipulating the narrative. And we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to change that and take it over. I've been thinking about this. And the interesting thing is millennials are going to take over soon. You've got boomers are starting to retire out. Gen Xers are taking the reins. However, for some reason, Gen X is just ignored. Have you guys, have you noticed this? Like there's never a part of the conversation. It's like, hey, millennials are going to start inheriting these machines. And you look at people like Taylor Lorenz. Yeah, she's a millennial. She, she is. Uh, is she? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, I mean that, I mean that actually because I, I know that there's a lot about her age and I'm, yeah. I'm just genuinely confused. Okay. Well, to the oh, best yeah. of our understanding, <laughs> okay. I think she lied about her age once as a joke and now oh, okay. it's got everyone twisted and confused. Okay. Bill Maher, in referencing the Washington Post fighting with Felicia Sanmez said, this is why millennials, we don't want you to take over because you're a bunch of whiny entitled brats. And the Felicia Sanmez thing was hilarious. Did you, did you see that one? No, you guys know this? No, yeah, know. it was happening around the same time. Dave Weigel, their star reporter or a star reporter, retweeted a joke where it said, the joke was, every woman is bi. You just have to figure out if it's polar or sexual. And so he retweeted that. She complained. He got suspended without pay. She would not stop attacking the company. She gets fired. Bill Maher was like, this is the problem with millennials. Well, it's the problem with the millennials, the institutions. I'll tell you this. The millennials who aren't there have started companies. They're becoming successful. They're working in separate industries. And and it's, the, the problem is that Bill Maher, miss, miss, uh, he, he missed this. He's like, millennials, oh, look at them at the Washington Post. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't associate with them either. And we're millennials. We're starting our own businesses. We're starting our own channels. We're starting our own websites. We're building up our own subscription bases. The people who can't do that are begging the Washington Post for a job. And then crying all day until they're fired. See the difference? So the Washington Post will probably crumble under the, under the girth of its entitlement from millennials. And then the Daily Wire, Timcast, Legal Bites, Viva Fry, all of these channels are going to start growing, hiring people, expanding, or remaining as independent personalities who can fund themselves. Hmm. As you were saying that, I was thinking of, I think it's less about what generation you were born in and more about your state of mind. There are a lot of independent creators that span age 80 to age 11 or age 17, but that people that are born more recently are, have been born more into nanny state. Um, basically it's like a technocracy that they're trying to build where it's like a spy state. And so they have this appeal to authority where they, maybe they're, you may be more likely to appeal to authority or may find yourself around people that are more likely to not that it, not that you're bound by your generation to behave a certain way, but it's just the, the nature of the gradient has been shifting. I think right now, if you want to be rich, it's simple. Make not woke content. That's it. Yeah. And a platform you can do it on, I suppose. So if you uh, start a rumble channel, do comedy. That's it. <laughs> so much comedy is just really, really awful. I think Rogan was also talking about this, that woke comics are just really bad. 
Just maybe it wasn't Rogan. So I probably probably Rogan. I feel like I've heard him say something. I don't know if anti woke comics are that much better. Uh, right? but look, if your comic I is mean, obsessed with wokeness, that's their whole bit. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, being anti woke is like such an obsession too now. But I'm not saying um, like woke comics aren't always joking about race. And, and, and white supremacy, they're avoiding these subjects. Hmm. So there was one video I watched where it was a, a, a woke comic and he was mocking himself. And I'm like, it's just not funny. I mean, I guess Rodney Dangerfield, mm-hmm. self-deprecating humor and all stuff can work. But then you watch people anti-woke. I don't mean they're comics who are literally attacking woke people. I mean, Ryan Long, for instance, he's anti-woke. Not that he comes out every bit and just makes fun of wokeness, mm-hmm. but that he's willing to tell offensive jokes that don't fall in line with wokeness. You know what I mean? Would you say Dave Chappelle and like Ricky Gervais? Sort of. Types of comics? Kind of. For, for the most part, the willingness I, to be offensive and, and, you know, Dave Chappelle did a bit in his comedy special back in 2018 where he, he did like a Chinese stereotype mm-hmm. and it was just really old school racist Chinese stereotype oh, and everyone laughed at it. Like that's anti-woke, right? Like yeah. he was purposefully poking yeah. people and being offensive, but in his most recent special, he was real defensive. They got him, they got him run for his money. So, uh, Ryan Long's got a bit right now where he's a, he's a singer saying that it's women's right to get an abortion, specifically one woman. And then he names a woman who he's like, I accidentally knocked up and you better get an abortion. So it's funny. That's comedy. That's the joke, but it's as offensive as you can get when he, when he does his routines. That's anti-wokeness. Disregard for wokeness, ignoring it. It's funny. I think that stuff's going to, going to keep growing and working. I mean, yeah. We, we, we're talking, so we, we do the Cast Castle vlog. If you haven't uh, subscribed, go to youtube.com slash Cast Castle. And we're doing skits and bits, and it's relatively family friendly stuff and silly slapstick humor, and, you know, like Mary's like lurking in the closet, in the, in the attic for some reason, like some weirdo. Like screaming, flashing the light. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> but we've been, we've been yeah. talking about, um, even with Seamus from Freedom Tunes. Seamus mentioned this. We had a bit, a couple of them, that YouTube would never allow that are actually family friendly. But they mm. offend the political sensibilities of YouTube. We had vaccine jokes, mm. like just mocking the political, air, you know, air around it and stuff like that. And we were like, yeah, if we made that skit, it would not be offensive to any parent. Children could watch it and ask their parents what it meant. It wasn't lewd or anything like that. It was just, you know, about politics. But YouTube would delete it for wrong think. That's the crazy thing. So that means there's a huge market for humor on Rumble. So if like you, if you do comedy, just start making rumble videos and, and they'll go viral because people are looking for things to laugh at. The Daily Wire is growing so rapidly because the hole in the market is so big that like, I think the Daily Wire has got like four or five movies and they're close to a million subscribers. Four or five. Hey, the opportunity is right, man. People don't want this stuff. Just got to do it. Well, that's, I mean, that's why I was saying earlier is that, you know, sometimes people will have an oversaturation and there will be a reaction to that. So with that comes an, an opening in the market for people to, to try to, to try to, you know, get something, you know, some kind of a product or a service that, that otherwise fills, fills the void that exists because everybody else is oversaturating that market being wokeism. Yeah. I'm just wary of anyone who's trying to sell something anti-woke, anti-cancel culture, but doing so while sanitizing the entire topic. Like, I think Pierce Morgan Uncensored does exactly that. Hmm. Oh, he's, he's awful. He's like, I'm canceling cancel culture. Like, <laughs> it's so you're not and fake. threatening anything. You're not pushing any boundary. 
and no one is afraid of appearing on Pierce Morgan uncensored. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah, I, I, it's gimmicky, it's cheap, it doesn't mean anything to anyone. I mean, even even the after show that we do is like moderately okay. We'll swear a lot and we'll say things that offend delicate woke sensibilities. But even we are not extreme edgelords just trying to poke the bear as hard as possible. We're just trying to speak freely, you know? Piers Morgan is – it's uncensored, but it's it's like as normie as you're going to get. Hmm. He's like, well, let's talk about this controversial subject. It's like yeah, everyone's talking about that. Jordan Peterson was talking about that five years ago. Come on, man. <laughs> but but outside of – you know, when, I, when I'm talking about comedy, I'm not, I'm not saying – if somebody makes a show where their whole shtick is woke people bad, it's like, okay, we get it. Like just make good stuff. Terror on the Prairie, the Daily Wire's movie, it's not like a bunch of, you know, woke people on horseback with purple hair ride up and they're like, oh no, we gotta fight back. It's just a western. <laughs> it's just a western. And, and huh. there's a woman and she's like, I'm gonna fight. They were like, we made a movie. It's a story. It, that's it. It's okay. not anti-woke. It's not woke. It's just a movie. Yeah, like if you have a field of crops and all the crops are dying, the way to combat that isn't by like making fun of dying crops. It's to <laughs> grow crops the right way. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. It's a good metaphor. Well, that's, that's, that's why, you know, we started Pop Culture Crisis. It's because we, I was like, look, the two things we don't want to do is make woke content. That's a given. We don't like it. But also anti-woke content where all we do is just be like, oh, look at this, look at that. It comes up, you know, and like, you know, Seth Rogen said a thing on Twitter. We'll be like, oh, that was dumb. But it's not like we dedicate everything to just going after wokeness that's what it was very much like in the 20 early youtube era mm. and i feel like that's why a lot of those early youtubers bowed out quit or failed mm. it's like dude you can't have your whole identity be based on someone else's identity that's you, true you need your own you need to stand up for what you believe in and, and talk about that stuff that's why i also really don't like talking about people like taylor lorenz and stuff granted she specifically represents a very powerful brand she she was in, in a high high position until she got demoted and so that's more representation of institutional power, but I try to keep it to the the news and the info and so mm-hmm. that we can have a real conversation around this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting to try and um, make a career off of talking about what's wrong with other things because then you're always looking for new problems and to the yeah. point where you may be happy to see them get created. It's insane. <laughs> insane way to live. It's not healthy, I don't think. That's a very good point. I think people, regular people that are, are just totally ignorant don't know they, they don't know anything about what's going on they don't know what rumble is and that's one of the big challenges so so long as we keep working we keep growing we keep marketing i'll say uh parlor had a Times square billboard good the more people who see that and ask what is that the better we we obviously had our Times square billboards we had ian up on a big 40 some odd foot screen uh the 70 foot screen the biggest one rejected our ad because they said the word politics was in it and that's all that matters like they don't care about us or anything like that but they were like the word can't politics we can't do anything with that uh the daily wires had a couple different billboards up in times square taking these cultural spaces is extremely important i've been getting tons of ads on reddit and facebook for the daily wire and i'm glad every time i see it because these spaces have been ignored by whatever you want to call it the anti-woke factions or whatever the ads aren't uh, explicitly like wokeness is bad it's just like hey watch our show good we had um i think we were talking with billy prempe he was running for uh, as a republican in a very blue area and kimberly clasic she was running in a very blue area and i was like good the like these republicans have abandoned urban centers because they're like what's the point we're not going to win and my response is 
a person who, uh, 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 what, what is it saying? A society that uh, uh, grows great when a person plants trees whose shade they know they will never sit beneath. So if you start campaigning as a Republican in New York City, you're not going to win, but you're planting trees, man. Of course, you're not going to get an orange in your first season. It's going to take 10, 20 years before that, that you know, fruit, that, that plant bears fruit. There's balance. You don't want to plant trees where you know they're going to get mowed down and destroyed in the next five years. Because, like, it'd be like going to a war zone to talk, to be open and honest, you're going to get killed in the war zone. So, like, you do want to plant your, your psychological trees in places that maybe aren't the easiest to grow, but you got to make sure that you're not wasting your time at the same time. Fair point. That's true, too. But I feel like that's one of the biggest problems we have in this country is that Democrats and Republicans both at some point said, if I can't win easily, I won't waste my time. And Mm. now you're getting hyperpolarization. So we need to make things for the other side. Yeah, it's not about winning. It's not, it's about doing. You don't need to win every competition. You just need to participate. I mean, it's the joy of participation, I think, that may have be, maybe lost in society. I had to learn how to lose and, and to love it, or no one would play games with me, because I would beat them at video games over and over and over and over, and then they'd quit. And I'd be like, well, now I'm not. So I had to actually let them win without them knowing, so that they would keep <laughs> playing. And I had to find joy in, like, just the process. I've heard some some studies about like uh, an, the animals will actually do that too because it, there's an importance of of play that that comes with the learning process. So so even it's not just humans but but other animals will do that. They'll there's like a certain like percentage of time that like an older animal or a bigger animal will during playtime will allow the the smaller or younger animal actually win because otherwise they don't want to discourage them from playing with them in the free, in the future. So we need more Democrats and Republicans letting. Republicans, Democrats win, or or allowing for the possibility that they'll lose at some point. Understanding that there will be something in the process in the long run that will benefit everybody. I think. I think the issue is the American cultures are just too divergent. We don't even speak the same language anymore. Yeah, so same words I mean. with with altered uh, definitions. Sometimes the culture has diverged so far in this country. We don't speak the same language. I don't know. I think it depends on on the subject matter. <clears throat> Because you know, like again, like I said, I'm I'm uh, the fact that I'm I'm seeing on my channel, my my viewers have very much diversified in in their in their politics, and a lot of that comes from the fact that the the reason why they've come to my channel in the first place is not politics. It's something else that is that is politics adjacent. I mean, law is definitely has a lot of overlaps with politics as well. But it's something that that everyone really cares about. This whole like mass of people cares about. But it's not politics exactly. But it's the kind of thing that that introduces them to other conversations that we have about law that also overlaps with a lot of these topics too. Maybe the challenge is we need some kind of service guaranteeing citizenship, right? You guys are familiar with that? That's from Starship Troopers. Yeah, service guarantee citizenship. Um, and I said that in some form. The issue is when you have low. Uh, um, What's the right word to say this? Uninterested individuals. Hmm. They're not interested in politics. They're interested in tribal fighting. They'd be better off watching, you know, the Sox versus the Cubs or something like that, where they can have their tribal values and have it be in an arena that doesn't impact the rest of the world. If people are going out and voting like uh, like um, AOC, right? Ocasio-Cortez, when she went on Colbert and just made up all that nonsense about Dred Scott and Abraham Lincoln. It was so laughably bad. I'm like, and her vote negates mine. Worse still, she's in Congress. 
So we need, we, we, we need some kind of, look, if you're not interested in politics, we really need to know because you will make everything worse for everyone else. This is the challenge. Making sure everybody has a right to participate, but also making sure they actually want to. Right? Hmm. Look, when someone posts on Facebook saying we should ban assault rifles, and then I respond with assault rifles are regulated under the Hughes Amendment and they're very difficult to get. Here's why. And they respond with shut up, fascist. You're an idiot. I'm like, okay, you really don't want to ban assault rifles because if you did, you'd be like, tell me how to do it. So when I, 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 I commented on someone's profile earlier and I said, I think you mean assault weapons. Assault rifles are regulated since 1986. They're actually very difficult to get. It started with the NFA. If you're talking about assault weapons, let's figure out what you're specifically going for. You're talking about foregrips, pistol grips, things like that. And then you say, I don't know what you're talking about. You're dumb. Who cares? We just need to ban it. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to. And you clearly don't care because I didn't insult them or anything like that. Their whole thing is team blue, team red. And that's all that matters. And then they have their talking points. I, you know, I, I think like it's glorifying to think maybe we can remove the idiots from the process and just have the smart people do it. But like that just is like ge- leads towards genocide. I don't understand how would we hold people like what would be the process? What were we say? Yeah, I was, I was, I was just thinking like, w- like what would be, what would be the, the criteria for intelligence? Are you, are you talking IQ or EQ or some combination of the two? Well, I don't think intelligence is a determinant factor in whether or not you should be voting. It's a question of whether you actually want to or not. Hmm. So uh, I'm not saying only the smart people vote. I'm saying you actually have to walk to the voting booth to vote. You know what I mean? Like, do you really want to vote or is someone sitting there over your shoulder saying, did you vote for my guy? So the issue is when you do like universal mail-in voting, you're going to have someone sitting there playing video games. And then their roommate or their mom's going to come in and be like, take your thing and fill it out. Vote for Biden. They go, I don't care. And like, do it now. And they go, fine, mm. whatever. Mm. So there there needs to be some degree of I am choosing to do what needs to be done to vote. So at the very least, you get up, you walk to the, to, to, to the street and you fill out the form. You get rid of that and you're going to have a whole lot of low tier, uninterested people being like, whatever you say, man, I don't care. So like a 10 minute question, 50 question questionnaire kind of thing, like a, not even, like that personality that. test that Jordan Peterson does. Yeah, understand I, yourself, understand I think, myself. I think y'all are assuming way more than I'm implying. I'm implying like you have to go to the vo- local voting, voting booth to vote. Like just, just literally go and do it yourself as opposed to mailing it in. I right. Think maybe demonstrate that you have a stake in the future of the nation. Meaning have families, have practical skills to offer it. I mean, you can take it to the next, the, the next step and, and make more logical arguments. I mean, there's a lot of challenges in restricting voting rights for sure, but the argument initially was you had to be a landowner to vote. And the left says, wow, how offensive because they're basing today, they're basing yesterday off of today. The reason they did it was, was obvious. They didn't have IDs. How did they know you actually lived there? You owned a plot of land, so you went and you voted. Then when we entered this hyper-dense urban you know, society, we were like, okay, well, now there's a lot of people who do live here and can prove they live here but don't own the land. It's like, oh, okay, we got to do away with that. So then we're like, okay, you have to come in and vote, fill out the form. You have to choose to register. You have to show up, and you got to do it. And I'm like, all those things are good barriers to say you actually want to vote. Not that you, you don't, you don't got to be smart. I mean, it is a problem when dumb people vote for dumb things, sure, but that's representative democracy or you know how our public works at the very least though you should be able to get off your couch walk a couple blocks and vote 
I would love to see people have to live somewhere for like a year before they can vote locally. That's that that actually is true in a lot of jurisdictions. Oh, that's good. There's uh, um, residency requirements. The problem is you can move somewhere. Didn't uh, didn't Andrew Yang try and do this? He got in trouble. He was like, I'm going to move to Georgia and help the Democrats win. And it's like, that is so crooked. Yeah, Matt Walsh did it in Virginia. I think He didn't he, vote. He didn't vote. He, he did it to speak at a council meeting. Because he, they tried to keep him out. Yeah. That's different. It worked. I mean, it's just he, he, he exposed a flaw in the system, in my opinion. Hmm. But he wasn't he wasn't doing that for politics. He was trying to he was trying to speak about family and kids at a school and they changed the rules to bar him. So he rented a basement. Andrew Yang said, quite literally, I'm moving there for the purpose of politics. And then they were like, hey, that's illegal. That's the problem we have. Yeah. I mean, eliminating mail-in voting entirely would also create a problem for the armed forces, for people that are that are deployed overseas. Yeah, for, but, that, but you know, you have to State so Department it, people you, overseas. You have to apply for those. You had to yeah. ba- so before we did universal mail-in voting, absentee ballots, you filled out oh, a form. That's true. They'd mail it to you. You had to do the bare minimum true. to say I really want to do this. Now what do we get? We get Democrat activists knocks on a door and says that right there, fill it out. And they go, uh, just fill it out right now. Put in your mailbox. Okay, fine, whatever. What, what, Biden? Sure, fine. And then, mm. boop, there you go. Fair so point. We're walking like a line between incentivizing and disincentivizing voting. Is that what this is? Like, you don't want to, you want a little, incentivize, you want to give people money for you voting. You want to slightly disincentivize voting. Make it a little bit annoying. Like, go to the place. It's not Wait even, in line. I mean, to be fair, it's not even annoying. It's like, go vote. Is it really that hard to just go and vote? Now, it should be a holiday, in my opinion. Yeah, that'd be that's huge. True. And I've heard Republicans be like, well, that's bad for us. And I'm like, too effing bad. People yeah. should not have to work on voting days. Yeah. And then they should have to get up and go do it. The alternative is universal mail-in voting is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Security risks, et cetera. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd be in favor of both of those. The, the combination together. Have, making it a holiday and making it so that people have to do something in order to vote. One day. No extended. No early. None of that absentee voting for people who who need to do it and you fill it out and you get it and then voting day is a holiday you don't got to work i mean we have fourth of july you don't got to work then all right so vote vote election day is a holiday and if you if you'd rather go to the beach and go party please please do it (laughs) that was even an issue for me in uh 2018 voting in the midterms when i had just turned 18 i had to skip school to to do that for like half a day like, wow. I didn't want to do that. You didn't want to skip school? No, I was a nerd. Really? <laughs> and then in college, I had to do a uh, mail-in vote, too, because I had classes then, too. That's horribly obnoxious. Right. Yeah, like, who wants to go through that? <laughs> the ser- the service guarantee citizenship thing takes it one step further. I mean, in Starship Troopers, it was like you had to sign up for some kind of community government service. It didn't have to be military, but you had to in some way serve the community. Otherwise, you didn't get to vote. And there's a really good logic behind that. Hmm. If you're not willing to contribute to the community, why should you get a say in what the community does? Only when it gets dangerous when the community is like Nazi Germany and they're like, participate in our process or you have no say. Participate in an approved way only. Well, isn't that that the the premise of Starship Troopers too? Wasn't it supposed to be uh, uh, like a, uh, what's the word for it? Classically liberal? No, no. I mean, it's supposed to be mocking fascism, isn't it? No. No, no, no. It was supposed to be like a, a, a utopian liberal society. But okay. it was a militant autocracy. I mean, I don't know who was at the I top. Thought, I, I, don't, I don't think that's correct. Uh, any utopias. The movie, the movie I apparently th- I thought the was, premise of it was that it was supposed to be mocking the, the idea. The movie. 
The, okay. So Carl Carl Benjamin I might did be a, wrong. <laughs> yeah, Carl, Carl Benjamin did a breakdown of this because he's a huge Starship Troopers fan. That the original in the book it was basically classically liberal. That um, you, you have to provide for your community, otherwise you have no say in it. But uh, uh, civilians don't get to vote, but they they're entitled to all equal rights. You do two years of service in any way. It's not military. Then you get access to voting. And then in in the actual book, I think it's like the, the bugs attack Earth. And bomb them and blow up Buenos Aires. Even in the movie, that's the case. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the movie tries to make Earth out to be the bad guys, even though we were being attacked by a foreign invader. Hmm. So I, I, I'm, I've not I've false not, flag. It was a false. It was an inside job. <laughs> well, the bugs in the movie they actually watch them launch the giant rock. Yeah. It's funny. But uh, they try to make it seem like Earth was fascist or something. Hmm. But okay. I, I've not I've not read the book. I've seen the movie several times. Yeah. You'll have to watch uh, Carl Benjamin's breakdown of it. Okay. Yeah, he talks about it. I just remember, I remember seeing it as a kid and being absolutely traumatized by it. What part? <laughs> um, the what's the big like the big brain thing that would yeah. like suck the brain brains bu- out? Which one? The brain bug? Yeah. 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 Starship. I like the idea that the humans are the bad guys. <laughs> I thought that was a good twist on the movie. I was like, oh, I thought we were fighting evil the whole time. But they attacked out. us. Yeah, they were just doing what the they do. It's like who's the is this is it the the scorpion or the frog? Like who's the villain in that situation? The scorpion. Apparently, but he's just doing what scorpions do. <laughs> yeah, just, just a bad guy. I don't know. That's bad. You know, it's subjective. <laughs> Some there, there are bad people who do bad things. They're bad when they do bad things. There are. That's it. The humans were playing rock music too loud, and it was interfering with the bugs. Is that what it was? You no, know, high frequency communication. <laughs> yeah, and that's so why who, they threw a rock at us. Who was the villain? Yeah. Oh yeah. They shut that noise off. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess. I don't know, man. You know what? Every so often you'll get this period in pop culture where it's like normal things are happening and you're like, maybe, maybe we're going to get out of this one and then something crazy happens. When does that happen? It happens periodically. For real. I mean, it's not right now, at least. Well, no, obviously not. I not. Can tell. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, when you look at how BlackRock's been exposed on the internet, people are talking about the liberal economic order now. Like it's, it's been that's, around for 80 years that's, that's, and they're finally talking about it. That's the opposite of what we're saying. That's good. The exposure is what we need. That's we, not what we're it, talking about. Democracy dies in silence. We every, need every so often it feels like things are normal again. Well, that would, that's when an was illusion. the last time that happened? Like a Marvel opinion. movie came out and people started talking about that or something. I mean, well, that's happening the, all the time. Uh, uh, but the Amber Heard, uh, Johnny Depp trial for a little bit. Because it was apolitical. Mm-hmm. It was like people were like, celebrities, celebrities. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, celebrities. That's almost like things are normal again. And then all of a sudden, Washington Post was like, far right radicals. <laughs> yeah, like, even oh, that got go. twisted around. Yeah. I, I'm feeling what you're saying here. It feels like if some days it feels like completely normal. Like this is life as I know it. And then some days I'm like, what in the hell are we going to do? <laughs> Uh, am I, I don't feel safe. I feel like confused, nervous wreck. And then some days it's like, yo, I mean, it's just like the, the, the love is coming out of the my third system. of July felt pretty normal. Yeah. The weekend, for instance, yeah. not the incredible. fourth of July because of Highland Park and Philadelphia. But on the third, it's like relatively calm. I mean, people are saying stuff, but most people, this is the thing too. On holidays, you'll really feel it when people get off the internet a couple of years ago. I remember put, uploading a video and the viewership was just like a four, like, like, like 40% of what it normally was. And I was like, whoa, this must be a bad topic. And I'm like, nobody's watching my video. I wonder if I did something wrong or whatever. Hmm. But I, I, I know the trick. Like sometimes things happen, right? We went out to eat. Every restaurant was packed with a 20 minute wait. Parents with their kids. And I went, ah, uh, something's happening. The reason why views were down as I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but. 
some like college got out and everybody I think it, I think what it was this is really fascinating. It had rained all week. Hmm. And then it was like it was like Friday till Thursday of rain and then Thursday was sunny and like 69 degrees. Everyone immediately was like I need to go outside. And so nobody's watching. Yeah. This is the fascinating thing many people on YouTube don't get. They look at their YouTube views and panic when the views are bad because they're like, oh, no, my channel's dying. And then you're like, did it rain? When it rains, your views go up. When it snows, your views go up. Yeah. When it's sunny, your views go down. People you don't know that. You ever try and get like a goal, a view goal on this video? Like, I'm going to get less than 30,000 views on this next video. Rather than try and get more, which is what everyone's been trying to do, try and get, try and do your best and see if you can get less because that's more normal. I just say don't think about it. Like when we first started in the show, we were only getting like a few thousand concurrent viewers. We didn't care. We were doing it because like, the, I don't know what else is there to do. Bored. You know, just talk about something. So we started talking about stuff and then we started bringing people out. And now here we are. Just do things that are fun and keep doing them and get good at it and then figure it out as you go. <laughs> Some people can't seem to figure it out. That's unfortunate. This reality. Some people can figure it out. Some people can't, you know. Figure what out exactly? Like how to make a machine grow bigger and how to turn something into more. Yeah, right. Sustainability. People have a, a state of mind that they need to make things huge. That I succeed if it gets big, if mm. I get the most. But size is not what makes things great. It's the ability for the thing to sustain and adapt. So true. You just got to have fun. You got to be passionate. You got to talk about what you care about and just get started. When I first started my channel, it was a GoPro 4 sitting on top of my monitor. And I would talk for 10 minutes and then be like, that was it. Oh. And then I would put it up and that's all I would do. And then eventually I was like, I got a bunch of other stories I didn't talk about. I'll just make a couple more videos. And then just started making more and more and more. Do you ever make videos directly to someone? Nope. That's interesting. No, but like. That used to be a feature on YouTube that you could do video replies. It was the best. They took that off. I don't know why. Because they thought it was getting underutilized. That was how I made my career on YouTube in the early days. uh, The Hmm. dislike button was getting underutilized. Didn't Phil DeFranco do that? Yeah, we all did. Yeah, Phil responded. I think he responded to one of my videos way back in the day. But that's how he his first video was a video response to somebody. Huh? Are those video? Do do they still exist on YouTube? Uh, I saw. I just watched his first his first video response. Yeah, and it was why Google bought YouTube is because YouTube was popular because of the video response. The community, basically, they called it the community. I mean, it was people talking to each other, and it was the most epic. (laughs) epic violation of the third law of thermodynamics i don't know what it was but it was like how is this how are we able to communicate from all around the world now in real time and it's always there for everyone to watch and then google was like it's too good we gotta buy it Mm -hmm. we're gonna go to super chats if you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends tell them about it we're gonna have a members only after dark segment coming up at uh, around 11 p.m tonight so we swear more we've got some uh, um some touchy subjects to talk about. It's, it's good fun. So go to TimCast.com. Become a member. Let's read. We got Juggernaut. I'm not reading your first name because I don't want to have people emailing me about their kids asking questions. <laughs> says, I'm listening to Rogan with Duncan Trussell before the beginning of this. As an atheist, they believe only, conserv- uh, only conservatives wanted Roe v. Wade to be overturned, aside from the fact it's amoral to terminate life, period. So there was a viral clip going around with uh, Joe and Duncan, and they're smoking. And... Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Duncan Trussell, but in this clip, I was like, I, this is why Joe Rogan's the man. Because Joe says, Ben Shapiro's a nice guy. He's a good guy. You got to talk to him. And Duncan says, I don't care. Huh. And I was just like, whoa, that's scary. That you could be wrong, that you could be condemning an innocent person, and you don't care. 
is scary. That was weird too, because it was out of character yeah. for Duncan. I'm, not, I'm used to Duncan being very loving and open, and, and mm. he was like, "Something about that guy, man. I just, I don't like, I don't like mm. him, man. He Something was, wrong." He was saying that like people are going to exploit Joe, and and try and pull him right and stuff like that, and it's like people are in a cult, man. And Joe Rogan asks questions, and that's who he's always been, and he's still very lefty. And then to hear Duncan be like, I don't care about the truth about a person. They're bad people, period. That's a scary, overzealous cult-like mentality. He did in that in that interview, if you watch the entire show, which I did, is Duncan eventually was like, all right, all right, all right, I, I take it back. Hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and that's something that you wouldn't see if they were together in the in the same room in one space. Right, like, like if 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 he and and Ben Shapiro were in the same room, I mean, would he actually say that to him? Would he actually have that impression? Or maybe he would walk in with that impression, and then at the end of an hour, two hours, three hours, you know, of sitting and talking and, and hanging out, that maybe he would have a a different perception by the end of it. People believe crazy stuff. Like I'll tell you this, Ben Shapiro, not short. Really? Yep. Oh, medium sized. Uh, average. Average yep. dude. Average size dude. Okay. And, but they attack him by saying he's short. <laughs> and then even people who like him end up thinking he's short. I did. And then I met him and I was like, he's like a half inch shorter than me. Well, yeah, or, or maybe like an inch shorter or something. It is tough to gauge height on YouTube. Um, I, so I, I told you guys this when scheduling today, but, um, I recently got married and I had a bunch of friends from LawTube come to my wedding also and it was like the first time that most of us had met in person and so that was like one of the funny things was like figuring out like who's taller than who <laughs> and 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 one of the and a lot of them or at least at least a handful of them the first time that they actually saw me in person was literally me walking down the aisle with my dad and they told me they were like you're taller than i thought you were gonna yep. be <laughs> i'm like well i'm also wearing heels but it, yeah i am kind of a tall person <laughs> yeah i wonder what that is why people assume height they didn't, I don't think they assume it. In the case of Ben Shapiro, they're trying to attack his masculinity on purpose. Mm. Their, 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 their idea is that conservatives value masculinity. Therefore, if you emasculate someone, people won't want mm. to listen to him. Bill Ottman, the CEO founder of Minds, when I first saw him on an internet video, it was on a YouTube video response that he made to me. I thought he was like 5'7". He just seemed like a, but he's like 6'2 or something <laughs> crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> Why did I Nick assume Rikita, that? Nick also, I, I thought he was shorter than he really is. In, I mean, I haven't actually seen him in person, but um, I mean, he's he's also like 6'2 or 6'3 or I don't know. something. Like, yeah, so, so he's tall. He's very tall. Um, but I think part of it sometimes is the camera angle yes. that you oh. have. And, and sometimes that can be a factor. Now when the Maybe. camera's above, you look small. Yeah. Because people are, are imagining they're looking at you and you must be small. Yeah. All right, let's read some more. We got Derek Saferth says, I simply cannot figure out how to watch the after show at 11. I am a member and behind the paywall. And I'm 23, so I'm not a technological boomer. So if you sign up for the website and you're logged in, on the homepage every night around 10.50, we put up, and it'll be right there. It'll say members only on it. You click it, and that's it. It plays. Um, if it's not working, then there's an error. Send us an email to members at timcast.com, but it's, it's really that. Or if you click members only, we're actually um, going to be adding a whole bunch of shows. The issue is we're at this point where we have the money to like start expanding, but it's still hard. And we need like a web editor to handle all the uploads of, of graphics and images and maintaining all this stuff. But it's like it gets more and more difficult. So we need to add more and more members. So what's going to happen is we're going to create low budget shows 
to attract more members and hope we cross that threshold of spending less money than, you know, getting a little profit off the memberships. Then we can hire people to start cleaning things up and expanding. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that the Daily Wire's first movies were either they bought them or they were low budget, like Terror on the Prairie, single location out in the middle of nowhere, relatively low, low cost to shoot that kind of stuff. Do a good story. It works. So that's where we're going. Um, yeah, let's read some more. All right. Tyler Brown says, no, Lydia, we riot. That doesn't rhyme. <laughs> All right. Don Diego says, I'm sure of it now more than ever. The planet has drifted through a cosmic cloud of stupidity. That could <laughs> is be. Is that what this is? Well, we often talk about the Large Hadron Collider. They fired that thing up today, didn't they? Was it today? Oh, yeah, I think so. Let's yeah? Maybe. Let's find out. You hear about this? What does it mean? All right. So they got this big ring, right? It's a magnet. Mm-hmm. And they put particles in it. Yeah spin around as fast as possible, and then slam it into something else. Mm-hmm. They're trying to simulate energy levels that appeared right after the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were scared that they'll make black holes, and they're like, don't worry, the black holes will dissipate. They're too small. They can't sustain themselves. And they did this right before Donald Trump got elected the first time. So the joke is that they create some kind of dimensional rift or something like that. And confirmed six hours ago from Live Science MSN, Large Hadron Collider switches on at highest ever power level to Uh-oh. look for dark matter. Did anything crazy happen? I don't know yet. Don't what are know. you expecting to happen, though? Well, I think they're looking for uh, excitons and other kind or exitons, I think is how it's pronounced, and other kind of polaritons, which are these subatomic particles that seem to pop in and out of reality. Uh, maybe when you bombard plasma with light i'm not uh, exactly sure the polariton science is going to be a big part of the future what's going to happen is we're all going to wake up and hillary clinton's going to be president and we're going to be like what happened the timeline it's 2016 again yeah gabe h says i love the conspiracy theory episode you guys did friday you should look into wendigoon on youtube he broke down a rather large conspiracy theory iceberg in total it's about nine and a half hours keep up the good work wow one of the things we're going to be doing is we are preparing a weekly talk show on conspiracy and paranormal. I know we talked about doing this a long time ago, but uh, we ended up with Tales from the Inverted World, which is more serial. We're going to be doing a weekly show, and it's going to be exploring deep into uh, conspiracy theories and unsolved mysteries and stuff. So that hopefully will start relatively soon because that's the plan. You just start it up. You slowly build it up. But we're currently renovating our haunted house so that we can actually do work in it because there's like asbestos or something. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But uh, hopefully soon, within the next few weeks, we're going to have a new studio facility that's creepy for our creepy paranormal conspiracy show. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Oh, some further info is they're running the the Large Hadron Collider for four years, and then they're going to stop it and upgrade it. And then 2029, they're going to start it up again and expect it to have 10 times more data. Cool. Sideways says, Mary has that half-asleep look, and I can't get enough of it. Like, she could be in lo-fi beats to study relax to stream. Super cute, LOL. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't know if saying someone looks like they're half asleep is a good thing or. I mean, for them it is, so. It sounds like a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Cliff the alien says Taylor Lorenz is originally from my planet, hence the insect eyes. We didn't like her here. Glad to see Earth doesn't either. Well, all right. That's one way to explain it. I wonder if she ever goes by Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> Taylor Lorenz. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. Tay. <laughs> Tay Lolo. Tay Lolo. Hmm. Joe Spinella says Prince changing his name was a way to maneuver out of his contract with Warner Brothers. So he had more control over what music he released when uh, uh, and when ultimately. Is there another message I don't have? 
Okay, I guess that's it. We'll have to try and find the... Uh, <laughs> it ends there. Okay. So it was a way to... That's, that's what I thought. It was like a legal thing. That's what I heard. That, right? that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Like, how do you enforce a contract if you can't say the word? Beavis McLean says, Tim, you inspired me to start building culture. After I get into the military, I'll not seek easy money from contracting work. I'll be making content to inspire this in future generations. Any advice for a newbie? P.S. Love you and the whole team. Um, if you're in the military, something military related, I don't know. Start making videos. Start small, start easy, and just slowly start building up as it, as it, as it comes. It's not always easy. Sometimes you gotta get a job, you gotta invest the money you're making until you can build it up to that point. That's how you do it. Inspire those future generations, man. Brian L says, name an American colony, Ian. We have none. Um, Wake Island. What's that? It's an island in the Pacific that the U.S. conquered in like 1920 or late 1800s. Yeah. Uh, The Philippines was an American colony. We do have territories. Yeah. Puerto Rico. Guam. Yeah. Puerto, yeah, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico and Guam are both. Apparently there's like no taxes or something there. Is that how it works? I think it's supposed to be a tax haven. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But they, but they also have no voting rights. Right. Taxation without representation. So it's like you, you can set a business there. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, wow, we should run Timcast there. (laughs) <laughs> Tax-free USA. Woo-hoo. Yeah, but then getting people out there is tough. Mortem isn't edgy, says, Hey, Tim and crew, I'm in high school, and I found your show in March of 2020, my freshman year. I've been a loyal Spotify listener ever since. Thanks so much for giving me a dissenting voice from my peers' vapid leftist trash. My first super chat. Hey, really appreciate it, man. Oh. Glad to hear it. All right. What is this? Tyler Adams says, I think when you referenced Smilebots... From Dr. Oh, Smilebots, that's right, from Dr. Who earlier today. Did you like that series? If so, does it hold up to Star Trek in theme? I feel like the episode Heaven Sent is best, Dr. Who episode. I haven't seen a whole lot of Dr. Who, but there was an episode where they go to this planet where there's like a colony, but there's no humans. And they find robots with big smiley faces on them. And they wear badges with like smiley faces or something like that. And then the general idea is unhappiness is a virus, is is the theme sort of. So the robots were tasked with keeping everyone happy. But one day someone died of old age. Everyone around the old woman got sad. The machines couldn't figure out how to make them happy because you can. People get sad. When the people who were sad came into contact with happy people and explained someone died, the happy people became sad. So the robots were like, we can't stop the unhappiness. And it spreads. So they killed anyone who was unhappy. Oh, geez. Well, that resulted in everyone else getting very unhappy. So they ended up killing everybody. (laughs) So like... Doctor Who and, you know, the other person have to walk around faking a smile like, everything's good. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's creepy. But that's what people don't understand about AI. It doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, you know. Rodolfo Ramirez says, we are in the corporate version of the movie Nightcrawler. Have you guys seen Nightcrawler? I haven't. No. Yeah. That yeah, movie's yeah. so Jake good. Gyllenhaal. Yes. Not the superhero Nightcrawler, but it's no. he's a late night photographer, a uh, journalist that like chases tragedy basically in the middle huh. of the night and like. Nightcrawlers are journal reporters who go out at night and chase after crime scenes and accidents and then sell the footage to news outlets. Yo, this movie's so good. Is it really? It's really yeah, good. You it's gotta an watch interesting it. look okay. into the psychology of people that seek trauma. And it, it's it's an indictment of journalists. <laughs> if you don't like journalists, watch the movie Nightcrawler. <laughs> You're gonna be like, yep, it's brutal. Wow. He's an evil dude. Really? Yes. And the and the, and the, and the other people at the news outlets also very evil. It's it's amazing. I don't want to spoil it, but he's an evil dude, and the people at the news outlets are like good. They like. 
that we don't care the ratings the ratings it's just it's huh. brutal yeah man very very brutal all right let's read what do we got here uh-oh storm viking says ian you disgust me sometimes with communist woke talking points america was not founded as a slave state learn history and if you hate america so much move out canada sounds right up your alley oh that was brutal it was also kind of vague i thought the u.s did have slaves when it was founded and right before it Araftus of Stet says Ian's Rolling Twenties cast IRL. That is the wonderful dichotomy of reality. I'll see <laughs> in the chats. I'll be like, 20, Ian. One, Ian. Sean St. George says, I'm a little surprised Daily Wire dead naming you on Twitter isn't the lead, JK. So I tweeted, <laughs> the reason people call me Pim Tool all the time is because it's my dead name. Therefore, if you call me Pim Tool, I will report you. And I'm, it's a gag. And then the Daily Wire account called me Pim Tool. I thought it was funny. <laughs> But that's the game we can play, right? You can't call me any names anymore. Is that how it works? Think about how insane this is. If if you call someone, uh, um, what, what's communist, uh, for instance? What if no, someone no, no, in no. the comment called me communist? Should I go after that guy? No, that's no, no, insane. No, no. On Twitter, if you call someone a butthead, it's a direct insult. Let's say you call them like a mother effer or something. Totally allowed. But if you use the incorrect name, you're banned. That's so weird. Yeah, it's arbitrary. Did you know this too? Twitter allows you to remove videos with you in them, whether you own the copyright or not. So if like, Ian, if you're walking down the street and someone films you and then uploads it, you can get it removed. I think Twitter mm. admins are too involved in the process at Agreed. this point. They should, the software should just be there and they should be like making sure that people aren't destroying the world. I'm not so sure about that either though, because TikTok seems to be run by robots and they ban everyone. Yeah, I got, we got, uh, IRL got banned from TikTok. I don't, I just don't think that that was like one person's decision. It's, like it's the algorithm because you got mass reported. You don't think it would lie at the feet of the chairman? Chairman, uh, what's his name? Xi Jinping <laughs> at the top of the communist Chinese hey, party. I have a WeChat account. We can't talk dance. about that. Oh, we can talk about whatever All right. we want. <laughs> Raymond G says, I love that the UFO is always spinning. <laughs> Tim gave it a nice spin before the show tonight. Just keep going. <laughs> All right. Brandon Tom says, imagine if Biden went on the Joe Rogan experience. Hey, Jamie, can you check Batacalf care? Here's the thing. Joe Rogan was like, I don't want Trump coming on the show because it would help him. Okay, Joe, would you have Biden on the show? It'll hurt him. Hands down. Fact. Joe Biden for two hours in that chair with Joe would Biden would be destroyed. I mean, he did offer it to to. to moderate a debate between the two of them for 2020 but can can i just go back to that point i made during that segment if joe rogan thinks trump coming on a show would benefit him and he thinks joe biden is a dead man as he he said it he's basically saying how he views both individuals sure Mm -hmm. trump is capable either of lying or convincing you and biden is is out of it Mm -hmm. so he shouldn't have either of them having biden on a show would help trump tremendously Mm -hmm. all right Adam Townsend said, for proper proper context, you can see Rogan's quote on Lex Friedman's recent interview. I recommend you actually watch the whole show because, you know, you get the full context. Oh, did you show. watch it earlier? I watched a, a big chunk of yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I don't. I did not watch the whole thing. I watched the relevant political I, part. It's because it, on YouTube you can actually jump to. The, it's funny because it was like just two dudes talking. I was like, oh, was I can't wait to go listen to two guys talk. Like, what? What is society? What? It, like, we really are social creatures. That that was that invigorating to hear two random guys have a conversation. All right. The KL Tanker says California is passing a bill that would require a homeowner, renter, or gun 
gun insurance policy in your name to own a gun, essentially making you pay for your rights. And Maryland just announced that they're getting rid of the qualification for a handgun license. So this is really funny. Supreme Court said you can't require a reason for getting a permit. New York lost. New York immediately came out and nullified Supreme Court's rulings. And we're going to do whatever we want anyway. Maryland came out and they're like, okay, from this point forward, remove the qualifying reason for all handgun permits. And I was like, okay, all right, let me look up what you need to get a Maryland uh, handgun permit. Yo, it's still impossible. Hmm. You need to do, I think, 16 hours of handgun training, which is probably going to be at, at, what, four days? Unless you do an eight-hour course followed by Saturday and Sunday. Some people, maybe you'll do that. You have to pass a proficiency test. I get it. But saying someone lacks skills means they don't get their rights is kind of a crazy idea. Like, I, I understand why you're like, you have to know how to use open before you get a permit for it. But the Constitution says shall not be infringed. There's no qualifications. You can't do that. I'm surprised Maryland hasn't been sued over that. You have to get uh, 25 for a non non law enforcement or security. You have to seven. You have to hit uh, 25 rounds. You have to, use, you have to get 70 percent accuracy with 25 rounds from 15 yards. Not like the hardest thing in the world requires some some practice and some training. But I just thought it was kind of crazy that they could put a a, a skill requirement on it. What if you're what if um you know, your hands busted up. Like, what if your hands broken? And you're like, someone's trying to kill me, but I broke my hands. I could use it if I had to, but I'm not going to be able to be that accurate. Like, well, you're, you you don't get your rights because you're not good enough to use it. It's kind of a crazy idea, right? Hmm. What so if crazy someone's Maryland? legally blind, then they just are not allowed to have a gun? I mean, obviously, you would think it wouldn't necessarily blind be a good people thing are for allowed a blind to have person. guns. I think they are. They are. You, you, like, imagine this. I'm going to say it right now. Blind people should be allowed to walk in and buy a gun and bullets and walk out, period. And I would love for all of the liberals to come out and tell me that someone due to their disability should be denied a human right. Say it. Because I'll take that clip. By all means, do it. Just because you're blind doesn't mean you don't get the right to have to, to bear to have a weapon. You know why? Because maybe you have someone who's 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 there to care, uh, caretaker. Maybe you have someone who looks after you and you want to get a weapon for yourself. They're not going to carry it around. But other people can pick up a weapon in defense of others. Tell me that people don't deserve their rights if they're disabled. I, I call you nuts. Blackwing says you are partially right about the media thinking they know everything. They do get experts, experts that will tow the media line for a price. That's absolutely correct. They'll bring people in and say, we'll give you the money. Just say what we want you to say. Zmeister says, as a member, please refer to the Covington kid as CovCath kid. I cringe every time you say that as a graduate from Covington Catholic. Okay, you want me to be a little bit more specific? We'll call it CovCath. The problem is I don't think anyone knows what that means. So you went there, you know that. Most people don't know what CovCath would be and I'd have to explain it further. I could say Covington Catholic, that's for sure. Eric Boyd says, as a Daily Wire subscriber, hearing you congratulate them, I had to subscribe to TimCast too. I did, and here's some Super Chat money too. Let's let's catch Daily Wire and beat them in creating culture. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Thank you very much, Eric. No, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I am jealous of what they're doing. We're, uh, we've got something in the, in the works. We're planning something special as a, um, homage to the Daily Wire. And, uh, we're not going to say what it is until it's ready to come out. And it's going to be really fun and really funny. But, uh, they're, they're absolutely killing it, doing the Lord's work. They're making movies that are just movies. They're standing up for freedom. 
they're standing up for this country. So their victory is our victory. You know what? You know why I do all of this? Why I do this show? It's because I'm tired of the lies. I want to call out the media, the liars, the manipulators. When the Daily Wire does that in spades, it's just good news across the board. So let's see. Let's see more victory. You know what I'd love to see? You get Steven Crowder. You get Tim Cast. You get Daily Wire. Who are some other? You get Carl Benjamin and Count Dankula. You get all these people. Massive success. Hundreds of millions of viewers. CNN. Just, I mean, it's already happened. CNN's failing. Daily Wire's taken off. These are good days, man. This is these are these are good days. All right. Yellow fluffy feather says, "Luke, come back. We promised Tim we'll let you speak your mind and not be mean to you." Uh, yeah, Luke, what are you doing? Did you bully Luke off the show? Yeah. Did you see yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Sick. It was Seamus, actually. They were, they were nose to nose. Well, Seamus and Luke were always fighting, <laughs> and then Luke was like, I'm not here if Seamus is here, and he left, and then Seamus <laughs> was like, I'm not here if Luke's here, and he left, and now they're both gone. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are here. That's what happens when you stick to what you say you're going to do. That's actually not what Refusal happened. Refusal to adapt. <laughs> that was just kidding. Uh, Luke is, um, what is he doing? Some hippie stuff up in New Hampshire, I think. Yeah, his return is imminent. That's for sure. Yeah, he'll be back soon, but um, crazy stuff going on. So I'll, I'll shout out, uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Mercedes-Benz because we had a vehicle for picking up guests. So when we have people fly in, we have someone go and pick them up and bring them here. It's actually cheaper than getting a car service, for sure. And um, here's the story, as I was told. We had a, an oil issue, brought it to Mercedes-Benz in Hagerstown, Maryland. And uh, there's a reason. This, this story is a point relevant to what we're talking about. Just bear with me. And uh, uh, they said they fixed it. We were then driving one day, and the engine seized, and the engine just became trash. $20,000 to fix. So we brought it to a different Mercedes-Benz, this time in Chantilly, Virginia. And uh, then when we got it back, the suspension was broken right away. Like we get it back. We're like, hey, what's wrong with it? And they went, oops, we'll fix it. Then they call us apparently or, or message us saying, oh, also the engine mounts are broken. And it's like, what is going on with these dealerships? Not only they won't answer their phones, totally broken. So what we think is happening is nobody's working and there's supply chain disruption. So they just can't fix. And so I feel like they're lying to us just to get us out the door because they can't fix the problems. I have no idea. But this is one of the big issues with Luke is that everyone is is feeling this car repairs are getting more and more difficult. That's for sure. And if that's the case, it's meaning it means everything's going to take a lot longer. We've been trying to build the new HQ in West Virginia, and it's been delayed by like three months just because of all the supply disruptions. So, but uh, Mercedes-Benz, you are trash, and I am extremely livid. Uh, I tweeted about it because after like, what has it been, six months? Three to six months of trying to get this vehicle fixed, we had to, we had to buy a new vehicle. And it's funny because people on Twitter are like, Tim, you're rich, who cares? I'm like, yo, this is the business's vehicle. Employees can't use our personal vehicles. The business needs a car to pick up guests to do the show. And Mercedes, in my opinion, I believe they broke the engine. I believe they screwed up. They broke it. And now the only way I can get it resolved is by coming on the show and saying Mercedes-Benz is trash. Don't buy their cars. That's it. That's all I can do. It's it's going to cost us like $50,000. And it's like, what, what can you do about wow. it? Wow. That's like a new car. $20,000 because the engine broke. And what the do, time, what do do? too. The time is expensive for a business to lose its transport. When the engine seized and everything else is good, it's like spend the 20 now and the car works. I wonder if we live in an age of entitlement where I'm like, you should do my thing for me. Where's my Where's my easy things? Like I'm so used to things being relatively fluid and easy that now it's like harvest your own grain, bro. Like, come on. Well, we did that. Yeah, we did. Was, <laughs> we had some weed. I'd do wheat. it again, too. All right. David C. says, "Reach, please reach out to Matt Christensen and Blonde. We need this mashup. Love you guys. Absolutely. Would love to have both of them on the show. That'd be great. We will bring them out. 
Bachi Puin says, anyone else think Gavin Newsom looks and acts like Christian Bale in American Psycho? <laughs> yes. Agreed. He's not that cool. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he loves that movie. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be just like Patrick Bateman. Brandon DeArmas says, hey, first time super chatting. Also, not even a question. Uh, related tonight, I'm putting this in at work because I've been wondering what y'all think of the game Death Stranding. The director's cut game uh, came out a while back, oddly relevant currently. I never played it. Did you play it? No, I never did. It didn't really appeal to me. It's not my kind of game. It, it's a it's a game where you run. The whole game Isn't is it? like running. <laughs> like I heard a it thing I, on your back. I heard the game is called is um carry all the groceries into the house in one trip simulator. Yes, that's what people told yes. me. It was. Don't pass out simulator from all the weight. It's is the guy it from yeah. Walking Dead. What's his name? And you just carry stuff. Daryl from Walking Dead. Yeah, and you just you're carrying like a, a child in a in a case. Keep it. It's like the last baby or something. And you got to get what? it to the city. No, it's something know. like the babies keep away the demons or something like that. Okay, I'm sure people are chatting like you guys have no idea. It's like don't don't, don't lean no too idea. much to the right. Don't lean too much to the left. It's not my kind of game. Mm. Gaff says Tim, your brother's channel reactor is legendary. I know. Oh yes. Can we talk legendary. about that? The legendary reactor. Chris. The legend. Just want to talk about? No, it? you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> It's dead naming. <laughs> All right. Kate J says, Tim, this just broke today. A judge in Uruguay, or it's Uruguay for those Americans, orders government and Pfizer present all information on COVID-19 jabs within 48 hours, including the presence, the possible presence of graphene oxide and nanotech. Just because they're requesting it doesn't mean it's there. So yeah. we'll see if anything comes out of that. But, you know, I'd be, I'd be shocked if any, any stuff come out of that. Like, if any of that came out to be true, to be honest. All right, Stephen uh, Simard says, it's 100% the supply chain right now. I'm a mechanic, and I have had eight-plus-month wait times for parts. It's Oof. unreal. Wow. wow. That's insane. Kaylian Shaw Indie Game says, Death Stranding is 1,000% Ian's kind of game. <laughs> I don't, but, it seems so boring. It, like, you gotta there's give it, no action. got to give it a try. Is there at least a storyline to it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the game story. is a story. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, basically okay. like, it's like a movie, but you have a little bit of control over which direction the guy leans. Hmm. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, tell them about it if you really want to help, and head over to TimCast.com. Become a member because we are expanding and we need your support to start doing more shows. One thing we really want to do is we need a web editor so that we can clean up all the graphics on the site. Right now, the website uses the YouTube API to pull images, but they're low res. So we need to really fix that stuff up. We need to hire somebody. And uh, it's tough. you got to hire people. Then you got to fund shows. And shows are expensive. But we want to do more. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m. Check that out. And uh, follow the show at TimCastIRL on Instagram. We post clips. And you can follow me at TimCast. Alita, do you want to shout anything out? Um, well, you can go to my channel, uh, Legal Bites. Uh, on YouTube. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Locals, and Patreon. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I also have a gift that I wanted to give to oh, you. Oh, a gift. Uh, but I, if you want, I can I can give it to you in the members only stream. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. Find out what the mystery Ooh. gift is at TimCast.com. <laughs> mystery box. Mystery, mystery, mystery box. box. <laughs> it's going to be a rock. They're going to be, um, everyone, everyone's going to sign up to see what it is. They're going to be like, it's a rock. <laughs> no, it's, 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 be, it's better than a rock. It's, it's, okay. it's a little bit, it's a little bit more tailored to is your it interests. a gun? Uh, no, I don't think, oh, I don't think, on. I don't, I don't think TSA <laughs> would allow me oh, okay. <laughs> to a plane with that. All right. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram or WeChat at Closer Kitty or you can join us. Uh, we're live at 3 p.m. Eastern time and noon Pacific time at Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. Come join us tomorrow. 
You can also follow me at iancrossland.net if you want to know what kind of games I do like. It's like turn-based strategy games like Slay the Spire, Civilization, that kind of stuff. Crusader Kings, that one's awesome, the second one. And the hot action games like MOBAs, like uh, some of them, I don't know. The list goes on. I've got like uh, 1,500 games. on. I don't know. I have so many games. Whenever I play Civilization... I start building up my civilization and I just mind my own business. Yeah. Flourishing and developing technology. And then some a-hole is like, I'm going to invade. And then I'm like, now I have to destroy your civilization. Yeah, the entire – level it to the ground. It's, it's yes, exhilarating. Exactly. Yeah. Just wipe them out. I don't even take the city. You attacked I burn me. them to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then I launch a spaceship. All right. Bye, everyone. We also have Chris pressing buttons. I don't know if you wanted to shout anything out. Uh, Hi. Yeah. Not really. All right. Come on. You're the reactor. Chris's channel. <laughs> that was my reaction. YouTube reactor. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.